0: There's too many now, exclamation point. (laughs) Is becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luthor Boardroom or Ballroom. (laughs) She looks like a boss in this coat. Is Nasty Luthor like a different Luthor? It's not just Lena being mean?
1: No. (laughs) Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode, we are gonna shine a light a character spotlight that is on the Silver Age supergirl villain named Lesla Lar to get you ready for the series premiere of Superman and Lois because that show apparently has a character named Leslie Lar, which seems <laughs> hmm. like too much of a a Coincidence, uh, not Suspicious. to be not to be <laughs> Leslie of the Silver Age. Uh, so since the show is about to premiere soon, we thought we would uh just kind of go through her history so that you'll know who Leslie Larr maybe sh- is supposed to be <laughs> when you watch that <laughs> show. Uh, but before we get to that, we have to get to the news. And Morgan, I'm going to let you do the news uh, rating uh, because there's a white I made a lot of overlays. I'm sorry. So oh, no
0: problem. I'm so,
1: ready. <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of the overlays if you want to uh, educate people on what the news is.
0: Sure. According to Deadline.com, Supergirl star Melissa Benoist is moving into production, and she's sticking with Warner Brothers. The exclusive multi-year deal is for Benoist to develop and produce original television shows, including comedies and dramas, for all platforms, including HBO Max third-party streamers cable networks and broadcast nets uh there's also hope that benoist will also launch her own starring vehicle down the road so congratulations for melissa benoist
1: lots going on for her so that's very exciting she gets to be part of uh the behind the scenes of it at this point (laughs) it sounds like she she enjoyed
0: directing so this is just another step in that direction for her yeah i mean it it's a it's an awesome deal for her. I'm excited to see what's going to come out of her like production company
1: yeah that's that's pretty exciting <laughs>
0: Um, okay, and our next piece of news as I scroll down this document that it's is a long it's a long time. pages, 64 pages. Everyone, it, it's not my <laughs> record though. I think my record might be 67 pages. So I, th- I think oh, so. So close. So so close. Uh, um, okay. According to TVline.com, Ozzy Testify is set to t- co-write the 12th episode of the upcoming sixth and final season of Supergirl, working with supervising producer Jay Holtman. Um, in doing so, Phi will become the first actor to have a hand in writing an episode of an Arrowverse series. Uh, what's more, she will be the first series regular to write an episode of any Greg Berlanti produced TV series ever, superheroic or otherwise. So that's pretty cool for her. Yeah,
1: yeah we've had a lot of actors turn directors, but not a lot of actors turn writers.
0: So that's, <laughs> I know seems we've to never we've never seen anybody do the writing. In fact, this might be the first time. On like any TV show that, I, that I've watched that I've seen an actor like do like co-write an episode. I'm sure it's been done. It's just one of the first ones I've seen, which is super cool.
1: The only one I can remember, <laughs> this goes back a long way, but uh, Dean Kane wrote some episodes of Lois and Clark. Oh, really? <laughs> the New pictures of Superman. So that's, it's been a while. <laughs> I mean, I, I, sometimes I don't pay attention to these things. So maybe yeah. there, there are some other examples, but that's one I know of that's pretty famous.
0: That's cool. Everybody's making money moves on this show right now. (laughs) They're writing, they're producing, they can do it all. (laughs) Yeah, I'm interested to see what Ozzy will do. That's cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Okay. Um, according to deadline.com, actor Adam Rayner is joining the cast of Superman and Lois as Morgan Edge. In his <laughs> re- re- always respect on Morgan Edge, at least his name. <laughs> we Morgans, we have to stick together. I know he's evil, but like, come on, <laughs> not that evil. Uh, in his new series regular role, Rayner will play the character who is described as an intelligent eloquent and impassioned self-made mogul whose innate ability to motivate is the means to his success and others demise <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds very dramatic
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about them i don't know that we've talked about this before but they're they're recasting characters who were on supergirl and now they're i guess they're doing different
0: takes they head they have different actors uh what are your I- thoughts on that I mean, a, a big part of me wants them to, like, lampshade it by being like, Morgan Edge, you look so different. <laughs> <laughs> like, like are you sure that's Morgan Edge? And he's like, yes, I am. And I'm going to motivate you to your demise. Uh, <laughs> I really want him to be like a Tony Robbins kind of figure that just, like, <laughs> that just says a bunch of, like, motivational, like, nonsense. And then is like, okay, I'll take $5,000 for that. <laughs>
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Katie McGrath Book Club asks, so is this the Morgan Edge post-crisis? I think that's how they'll justify it. Uh, That's definitely how they're
0: going to justify it. I guess they couldn't get the actor back for the. I mean, I don't even know if they're trying over on that show in like a lot of ways, but like (laughs) definitely on this. I don't know like if they were like going Ather. I think it was. Adrian, Adrian Pastar, yeah. I don't know if they went after him or if they were just like, you know what, let's wipe the slate clean. Thanks crisis. <laughs>
1: well, I and I guess Adrian Pasdar was well, he was sort of a recurring character. He he appeared in a lot of episodes, not all of them, but he wasn't just like a one and done villain. He, yeah, like- he was around for a while.
0: Like, the one-and-done villains, I can kind of understand, like, okay, like, they were in one episode, like, we can kind of, like, oops, he looks different.
1: Well, well that, Uh, and they might cost more if they're a big name. So they might be like, we don't have that, Adrian Pazdar, We
0: we don't have that, I was just about to be like, Pazdar, really? But, I mean, maybe they, (laughs) sorry, sorry, Adrian. He's a well-known
1: actor. Who has done a lot of good things, Morgan. He, you're <laughs> not
0: actually wrong. He actually has been in a lot of things. Every now and then I'm watching something I'm like, Adrian Pasdar, boy, how'd you get here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so, so they are recasting a lot of characters on Superman and Lois. But, you know, I respect it in some ways. It's like, you know, it's your, your universe now. You know, go
0: and do what you want with it. That's true. And they they, obviously they needed a Morgan edge. They wanted a Morgan edge. Everybody wants and needs a Morgan somewhere. (laughs) Morgans are very important. We are very important. Uh, (laughs) I'm interested to see It's a very different take on the character too. So I'm definitely interested to see what they do with that. Yeah.
1: This one might actually be more comic book accurate actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So I'm curious to see what they do with him.
0: Okay, so in our last bit of news, costume designer and concept artist Greg Hops has shared a gallery of images of unused costume designs from season three of Supergirl. Uh, created together with designer Amanda Riley, the costumes were designed for members of the Argo High Council, who Kara met when she and Monel discovered that Argo City had survived the destruction of Krypton. So, what do you so- think about these, Morgan? That oh these are cool. I mean I have to say they're not quite as free flowing and comfortable as the <laughs> uh, as the I mean everyday in some way, I am dressed like a citizen of Argo now. <laughs> it's, it's just loungewear all the time. I didn't know uh, back then when I was like, oh, wouldn't it be so great to just be able to walk around comfy like that all the time? That it's kind of a double-edged sword um, when you're like, mm, how do pants work again? What are buttons? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so these aren't quite as comfy. Uh, but I like the colors. I like the, like the... Um, the white and the blue. And then there's this one that's like purple and, and gold and, and uh looks like a pink or a red. That yeah. one's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I'm into that one.
1: Yeah. I like those better than the other ones. The The ones that were more like kind of the, uh, just some solid
0: colors. Mostly the monochromatic feels very done to me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's like a little gold. Okay. Your royalty. But like the different colors, ones I really liked. Yeah, I think the the blue the blue is sort of reflective of
1: that Allura dress that they would have her wear yeah. a lot and the the red and then the primary colors the the red the sort of blue purplish with the gold that's very, you know, reflective of Supergirl. So I I think those are more tied into the characters in the show.
0: Yeah, I agree. They're interesting, they're interesting uh costume concepts, so though. I wonder why they didn't go with that and they went with um like a bunch of like free people loungewear. Mm. Well, those, those are just the, 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 the loungewear is
1: mostly just for the, you know, the regular Joe Schmo Argo citizen. This is for the high council.
0: This is for the high council. These, these are, are for the
1: like really important people. people. Yeah. I wonder elite.
0: if this is like, this is like what they wear for their high council, kind of like, you know, in like the British shows you'll watch and they put on the robes and the wigs. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. These are, these are the, uh, important people so uh that is uh i I like seeing those behind the scenes things of how they make those things and how they bring them to life because television is much i would say a little bit harder to do than film because you might not have as much of a budget especially in the wardrobe department so it's neat to see that they have high aspirations like that
0: yeah it's cool i appreciate that
1: all right. Well, we have lots to cover. Uh this is this is our our goal to get uh the comic book history of Lez Alar maybe under 2 hours. Let's see if we can <laughs> let's see if we can do it. Uh cuz crossed. <laughs> there's a lot of material. Uh, but yeah, so so Superman and Lois season one is going to introduce actress uh, Stacey Farber as a character named Leslie Lar, which seems very similar to a Supergirl villain in DC Comics named Leslie Lar, uh, Leslie Lar. See, I'm getting Leslie Lar and oh, Leslie Lar already <laughs> mixed up. The DC Comics uh, character named Lesla Lar. So for this episode of Supergirl Radio, we're going to shine a spotlight on her comic book counterpart. So I guess uh, maybe we should just get to it. So uh, L- Lesla Lar was created by Jerry Siegel, who was a writer, and Jim Mooney, who was an artist. And she first appeared in Action Comics number 279 from August 1961. And it was a story titled Supergirl's Secret Enemy. And we'll go through that. If you listen to or watch the game night episode we did not too long ago, you might be familiar with some of this stuff because we did cover. I believe I think we we covered Action Comics number two seventy nine. Uh, Alar, her base of operations are in Candor and the Phantom Zone. She has spent uh, some mm. time in the Phantom Zone, uh, and she uh, <laughs> the internet labeled her occupation as scientist
0: slash criminal (laughs) (laughs) you always you always want to have like a backup a backup occupation just in case things go wrong with scientists you got criminal (laughs) that's just smart thinking so uh, so we'll we'll get
1: into these stories and kind of uh, get you through her her first issue until the last one I could find. These are all issues that I could find that were concretely Leslie Lar was in. So there may be other issues that I don't know about that she wasn't in or that she wasn't and I don't know about, but these are the ones I could find. So we'll go through that history and uh, Morgan if you will hop into the brand section
0: Oh, um, sure. I I live stream and uh
1: because I have uh you talk about a lot of pages in the Google Doc. I've made a oh, lot no. of overlays. <laughs> What's
0: happened here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if you'll go into the overlays and pull them up by the issue, I certainly would appreciate that. Because gotcha. uh, you know it's nice to have a little bit of a visual cue as as we go. All right. So the first story, uh, her first appearance is action comics number two seventy-nine from August 1961. And this is in the Silver Age of Supergirl. So at this point in Action Comics number 279 in Silver Age Supergirl's story, Linda Lee, she's not uh, Linda Danvers. uh, At this point, she is Linda Lee. She has not been adopted yet. Linda Lee has lost her superpowers. Oh, no. And in, yeah. And in Action Comics number 279, a, in a story titled Supergirl's Secret Enemy, it tells the backstory of how Linda lost her powers. So we visit the bottle city of Candor, and we meet Les Lalar, who has been watching Linda through what's called an Earth Viewer. That's this big screen <laughs> that they have in Kandor that allows them to see what's going on uh, on Earth. So almost immediately, we learn that Les Lar is jealous of the acclaim. That people on Earth give to Supergirl. And this envy leaves Les Lard to aim a kryptonite tinged ray on Supergirl. Oh, which no. Presumably, <laughs> she has built herself. She is a scientist. She is a kindergarten scientist. S- slash so- criminal. <laughs> slash criminal. So she's built a kryptonite tinged ray on Supergirl, causing Supergirl to lose her powers. Oh, no. So trying to come to terms with her super abilities going away, because that's kind of a big deal. You got superpowers and then they go away. And that's kind of fun. That's kind of
0: of traumatizing
1: for Kryptonian. Linda decides to live for today and continue (laughs) on without them. She's, She's trying to be strong about losing her powers. And as it happens on this same day, Mr. and Mrs. Fred Danvers come to Midville Orphanage wanting to adopt Linda Lee. Recognizing oh, that she uh-huh. is no longer Superman's secret weapon, she doesn't think she needs to, uh, she doesn't think she needs to avoid being adopted anymore because she had been doing that because, uh, she needed to help be Superman's secret weapon. So she uh, she actually avoided being adopted to help Superman, which is kind of one of those things <laughs> in <the> Silver <laughs> Age. So like, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so she thinks that at this point she's going to get adopted. She doesn't have to worry about getting adopted anymore because she doesn't have any powers. So she even says, goodbye she she goes around and says her goodbyes to the orphanage and she even says goodbye to her linda robot because she no longer needs the linda robot that wait. is usually in a tree wait i'm sorry wait no, do, do, do I I need, I'm sorry do i need to tell you about the linda robots i might need some context about <laughs> the the linda robot that lives in the tree <laughs> okay <laughs> so really that's kind of it there are robots. <laughs> There's got to be more. I don't understand. It's literally it. So there are robots that look like Linda Lee that live. Wait, there's more the- than one? Yes, <laughs> maybe. And the robot uh, resides in a tree. Sure. And any t- time <laughs> anytime that Linda needs to go away from the orphanage to help Superman, she puts a Linda robot at the orphanage. Because apparently they're not going
0: to know the difference. Uh, just, <laughs> I've got some questions about the robots. Are the robots sentient? Do they understand what's happening to them? They Are they into it, it or are they, they <laughs> held against their will? Should we save the robots? <laughs> Do they, they ever rise up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would have made for a great issue. Right? Right? I don't know that that ever happened in the Silver Age. They're like, oh. we're just sick of sleep, sleeping in your bed. <laughs> I think they they live to serve Linda. They are they are her for now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna unionize these robots. I'm gonna be like these are unsafe working conditions. (laughs) because <laughs> uh, you know the robots have to go and
1: pretend to be linda and they have to participate <laughs> in the orphanage activities and they, maybe they love it
0: they've been stuck in a tree all day and they're That's like true. i get to go out i get to do things i get to be around we're paper. socializing i like the idea that there's multiple robots <laughs> and that like maybe not every robot even knows what's going on so like so like one of her friends is talking to the, the robot and the robot's like oh, i don't oh my god that was <laughs> That was Linda Bot three hundred. I'm Linda Bot three thousand. That's oh no, that's not me at all.
1: <laughs> well, maybe they maybe they synced up somehow. Maybe they all had the, the maybe knowledge. they chat
0: and they chat in the tree. <laughs> they gossip. They gossip about boys they like in the tree. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry to brush over that
1: context. <laughs> I just I just assumed that a I'm a robot in these robots
0: now. <laughs> That's all I care about. I just assumed
1: robot in the tree would cover itself.
0: <laughs> uh, maybe one episode we'll just do a whole episode on the Linda robots. I'm I'm gonna like write in and be like, okay, I've got a pitch for next season. Rise of the Linda Box. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. <laughs>
1: So Linda goes around and she says goodbye to her Linda robot because she no longer needs it to take uh, over for her at the orphanage when she is Supergirl.
0: Wait, so now what's the robot doing, though? I'm back. I'm back. I'm not. <laughs> I can't. I can't focus on anything else. So now is the robot out of a job? Who's going to hire the Linda bot? I just <laughs> I, I just assume. Does she this, have other skills? Does she, does she have a backup career? Is it also criminal? <laughs> I'm so worried about these unemployed Linda bots.
1: <laughs> the worst part is I think they just live in the tree. I think they just stay there. <laughs> oh, what a life for them. Mm. <laughs> the Silver Age really didn't dig into <laughs> <laughs> the personal uh, it sure did. tragedies <laughs> of, the Linda of the Linda bots. <laughs> uh, so, so Linda is leaving the orphanage. Uh, she doesn't have her powers anymore, and she's uh, being adopted by Mr. and Mrs. Fred Danvers. And Mr. Danvers suggests that Linda isn't a kid anymore and wants to take her to the beauty parlor for a new do. I'm just putting some context in this issue. doesn't have anything to do with Les Alar, but I just figured people might <laughs> want to know. Um, but because Linda knows that a beautician can't discover that she wears a wig over her blonde hair, ah. she smells her hair on her own. And this is a big deal for Supergirl in the Silver Age. They they play a lot with her her hairstyles. Whew. And while Linda sleeps, Leslar focuses her teleport rays. She, so she's got a kryptonite tinged ray and a teleport ray on Linda from her Kandorian laboratory and brings Linda to, to the bottle city of Kandor. Leslar places a brainwash helmet on Linda when she gets oh, there. Oh no. And that will erase all of Linda's memories and only permit her to re- remember certain details about Leslie's life on Candor. So they're switching lives essentially oh so they're switching lives. so lesla is switching lives with linda lee and it will only work as long as linda stays in candor lesla lar though has a teleport bracelet and a reverse button on it that will return her to candor whenever she desires and i'm going to take a second here cuz i got to scroll down cuz i have <laughs> so many pages. all right. so, a in the same here. in <laughs> the same issue, action comics number 279, lesalar realizes that she has superpowers outside of candor and successfully pretends to be linda in front of the danvers. so the danvers mm. have no idea that this chick is not the the newly adopted Linda that they got from uh, Midvale Orphanage.
0: I feel like there's a there's a lot of examples of Linda being very easy to impersonate, and I don't know what that says about her as a person. That the, like <laughs> that like Lesla can pr- pretend to be her. She can be like just throw in the throwing the linda bots there's multiple <laughs> there's multiple of them but they all can be me <laughs>
1: this is going to remember this story because this is actually going to come into play in uh Lar's final issue in the comics <gasps> oh. so it's going to come full circle so just oh
0: awesome so are, just- the linda- <laughs> are the linda bots coming back though, right? actually <laughs> actually
1: no i don't think the oh. linda bots really have any uh grand so story <laughs> but the fact that lesla looks like linda Keep, mm. keep keep that in in your brain in your uh mind grapes. I've got it. <laughs> so um so while still in Candor, Linda fully embraces her newly implanted memories and her life as Lesla Lar. Lesla Lar invented something called the Capturer and visited a Candorian site known as the Hall of Heroes. So Linda is in Candor and is uh kind of living Lesla's life at this point. While living Linda Lee and Supergirl's life, Lesa Lar visits Lex Luthor and breaks him out of jail by inflating a small plastic replica of Lex Luthor that she <laughs> created. <laughs>
0: sorry, well, what? What is happening here? Did, did
1: I put? Did I put
0: an overlay of that? Yeah, I just overlaid yeah. it up, and um, and I just I'm just struggling with what's happening. What is? How does this work? What is? <laughs> How does this work, Rebecca?
1: <laughs> so so it's a small plastic replica and sure. uh, she just inflates it. Okay. As as far as I understand, it, right, I mean, doesn't that make sense? To, I don't understand why that <laughs> doesn't make right, any sense.
0: It's, it's perfect sense to me. Um sure, she just throws a, an action figure into into the jail. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. This
1: is the silver age. These things happen. Uh, and so this way with the uh plastic replica of Lex Luthor, nobody will suspect that Lex Luthor has left his prison cell. So this is kind of like the Linda Bots. It is. (laughs) They put it, they put this replica of Lex Luthor in the prison cell so that the real Lex Luthor can go out uh with LesLar outside of the jail.
0: I think that the replica Lex should get. With Linda bots and they should all unionize. (laughs) This is not fair. These working conditions are subpar. Definitely.
1: (laughs) Well, this whole idea is actually the reverse of how Supergirl has been helping Superman as his secret weapon doing Mm. good deeds. So you've got the sort of evil Supergirl helping evil Luther, and then you have Supergirl helping Superman in the same way. So that's kind of the idea of what is going on here.
0: Oh my God, I don't think you included this panel, but the panel of her holding like the full size Lex Luthor figure <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> She's got it like slung up, like like under her arm <laughs> <laughs> well you got to carry
1: it somehow uh, i can actually include that panel maybe on the super Bowl radio instagram it's so good there. uh yeah because I, I didn't include that uh but yeah that's action comics number 279 if you want to go check it out all right so leslar leslar now known by the writer of the comic as the villainess of steel not the girl of steel she's oh. the villainous of steel she uh helps lex luther rob an armored car Seeing this on her Earth Viewer in Candor, Linda Lee, still thinking that she is Lesalar. so just keep up with this, calls, okay. the, calls the Earth Lawmen to let them know that a criminal Supergirl is on the loose. Realizing that Linda is going to ruin her plans, Lesalar makes use of her t- bracelet's teleportation button to put Linda back into her normal life and sends herself back to Candor before she gets into any trouble. So oh. this is going to be a common theme between... Uh, Uh, Lezalar and Supergirl, where uh, Lezalar will just kind of take over her life for a little bit and then go back. And so this leaves Linda very confused. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) Linda Lee wakes up in her bed. I I guess at this point she's uh, Linda Danvers, but she hasn't really gotten to enjoy her adoptive life yet. Uh, So when Linda Lee wakes up in her bed at the Danvers house, she thinks her time in Kandor was just a dream. <laughs> but in the final panel of, panel of the issue, Lesalar promises to return as Luther's secret weapon, uh, secret emergency weapon until she is ready to be more than that. So there's a really great ending to that where Lesal's done dun, really, dun. really uh, menacing and evil. So that is the story. If you can keep up with that, there's a lot of switching places, a lot of evil schemes, teaming up with Lex Luther. It's got it's got, it. a, it's got kind of a Freaky Friday vibe, a little <laughs> bit. So that is Lesa first attempt at taking over Supergirl's life. <laughs> it will it will not be the 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 last one though. Uh, so in Action Comics number two eighty from September nineteen sixty one, in a story titled "Trapped in Candor," Linda Lee is still without her Supergirl superpowers and living the life of an ordinary human. Linda's English class uh, takes a field trip to visit the Daily Planet, and while there, she talks to her cousin Clark Kent. It, if you didn't know her cousin is Clark Kent oh my uh, god <laughs> I, I'm so shocking uh, spoiler spoiler <laughs> alert to her cousin is Clark Kent about trying to figure out how to get her powers back so she's you know trying to figure it out and as they talk in Metropolis, les Alar spies on them from Candor, and once again decides to take Linda's place. So she's able to basically, Lesal—I mean, her Earth viewer is really powerful. She can just <laughs> ping anybody's location and look at them on a big screen. So it's a—it's a pretty awesome device that she has in Candor. Yeah, that's pr- that's pretty uh, that's pretty nice deal that she's got. <laughs> so, uh, once again, Les Lilar goes to visit Luther in prison to let him know that he's been going about trying to kill Superman in all the wrong ways. You're doing it wrong, man. Uh, Les Lalar informs him that a Kryptonite ray would be a much better weapon to destroy Superman, but that Luther needs to build it and take credit for himself so that nobody will suspect her as Supergirl. Huh. So, she's tr- so she's trying to convince Lex Luthor to... Uh, Kill Superman, uh, in the right way.
0: <laughs> in the right way. You don't want to. You don't want to. Do, you don't want to mess that up.
1: <laughs> so she's she's trying to work with Luther and and, and <laughs> g- g- giving her own ideas about how to do this. So meanwhile, in Candor, Linda Lee, who thinks she is actually Leslie Lars, so this is very similar oh, to the previous issue. This again. <laughs> this this again. This happens a couple times. Uh, uh, so Linda Lee, who thinks she is actually Leslie Lars, ends her four-hour work shift and what? goes. To- <laughs> Four hours, that's it? <laughs> that's such a h- hard life. Oh, uh, is she going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're really worried about her. Oh, my God. I, I, mean, I guess she got used to this with her Linda, Linda bots. Um, they just kind of took over. She's like, I don't need to work all this time.
0: Oh, my God. That's what I would do with my Morgan bots. I'd be like, <laughs> to work with you. Morgan's <laughs> going to nap. <laughs> 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 so,
1: uh Lesalar ends her four-hour work shift and goes to unwind at a movie theater where she she watches a newsreel of Kryptonian life that was filmed inside the bottle city of Kandor after Kandor was struck down by Brainiac. If you're wondering how this footage was captured, it was filmed through a super telescope. Of course. Of <laughs> course. That's how you would do it. Linda watches important moments in Kryptonian history like Jor-El and Lara putting baby Kal-El into his spaceship Moments before Krypton exploded and the survival of Argo City's uh, Argo City Supergirl's family, including her own father, zor try to save Argo from kryptonite radiation. She also see Ka- she sees Kal-El's ship landing on Earth, her own childhood, Kara's arrival on Earth, the creation of Supergirl's identity and even the most recent news of Supergirl losing her power. So this is huh. actually Linda in a movie theater watching a film about her life and she doesn't know it.
0: So this is like the bottle city of Candor has movie theaters. Yeah, that you just go to and then they tell you what's happening in the non-bottle city of the rest <laughs> of the world and they're like, "Oh man, it seems sweet out there outside the bottle." And then they just like, that's it. That's their entertainment. It's like, <laughs> what is it like outside of this bottle? <laughs> well, I mean, Superman and Supergirl would
1: be pretty big news. They're the famous Kryptonians. So uh, yeah, you would think that Candor. I mean, they've got a movie theater, so they must have a film industry. Why are they making their yeah, own stories? Exactly.
0: Well, I mean, I'm kind of you know, I, I think Supergirl at this point is kind of not as known, right? So, but in Candor, she's big news. She's a celebrity. Yeah. If only, if only she knew that, like you know, once she wants a little of that celebrity high, like you know, getting the uh, stalked by the paparazzi, she could just go to the Bottle City at Candor. Have you ever seen the the movie Soap Dish? I haven't actually. I've heard it's
1: awesome. (laughs) Morgan is one of my favorite (laughs) movies of all time. You've got to watch it. I don't know if it's on, it used to be on Netflix at one point, but it's got Sally Field and Whoopi Goldberg and uh, Robert Downey Jr. And uh, Terry Hatcher's in it for a little bit. It's about a soap opera. And like uh, Sally Field plays this like Susan Lucci type character. And so (laughs) to to give her a little bit of self-esteem, she goes to this mall and like Whoopi Goldberg's character is like oh, is that Celeste from The Sun Also Sets? And then it like gets people to come around her and like ask for autographs and stuff. It's such a good scene. That's Um, hilarious. That's that's what Supergirl should do.
0: She should When she's feeling down about herself, she should just pop into the bottle city of (laughs) Candor and then just wear those like giant like bug sunglasses like the Olsen twins did and carry around a Starbucks and say, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I don't want to attention i really oh, please don't want please. please my god it's me but i don't <laughs> want attention
1: <laughs> yeah so that's what something makes, what makes me think of uh when i think about that um so uh, to keep up appearances as linda lee lezalar so we're back into lezalar's uh switching into supergirl so lezalar convinces superman to try out a theory for how linda can regain her abilities as a Kryptonian, Les Alar has obviously already has her superpowers the moment she got to Earth, because that's how their their cells and the yellow sun and all of that works. But Superman doesn't know that. And he is wowed that Linda's idea to get her powers back worked. <laughs> he is so shocked
0: that her idea worked. He's like, good job, kid. I probably shouldn't have left you in that orphanage with all those weird robots in the tree. <laughs> you know, I kind of think,
1: I don't know if this was ever confirmed in the Silver Age. Maybe it was and I forgot, but I have a feeling that the Linda bots were Superman's idea.
0: That seems, it seems right. Because like, super, <laughs> don't don't worry. I'm not leaving you here without friends. <laughs> <laughs> Superman has his
1: own robots. So that's, that just seems uh, par for the course. So not too long after Les Lalar as linda regains her superpowers they find out the two groups of tourists in metropolis canyon are menaced by falling rocks caused by rocks (laughs) (laughs) superman's way of helping the people is by battering the falling rocks aside but lesla lar as supergirl fashions the the falling boulders into a series of archways over the road
0: (laughs) i like this because i like that that uh that lesla lar is like you know what i'm really into Infrastructure. <laughs> she does a pretty good job as being Supergirl. She, she's a, the villainess of Steel, but she's helping people. She's, she's like, you could just bat those rocks away, but you could also create beauty out of those rocks. <laughs> look at look at this beautiful archway that you can drive through now. In Christmas, it'll be covered in light. Oh, it'll be so pretty. And we'll charge people for it. Like she's, <laughs> she's already she's already creating like a whole Disney world, like environment, like Rockland. <laughs> <laughs> so she's actually, even though she's taking over
1: Linda's life, she is doing the duties that Supergirl normally would carry, helping out Superman. So the news of Supergirl regaining her powers reaches Kandor through the Earth Viewer, because that's how they get all the news. But the people of Earth still don't know that Supergirl actually exists. This is before she has her big like, hey, I'm a thing. Uh, her, big, <laughs> her, her, her big sort of coming out. Please, body. no autographs. Me, Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> because Supergirl figured out how to regain her powers and save the people in Metropolis Canyon in such a clever way, oh. Superman decides that it's time to announce Supergirl to the world.
0: So. It's finally time for you to be famous, kid.
1: <laughs> so he, he's he's put it off. He would not let her do it for a long time. She had to stay in that orphanage and not get adopted. So now it's time that he's like, you know what?
0: That one thing you did. I think you're ready. You know what? Those rock archers are so good. I'm going to let you have a family. <laughs> <laughs> but Les
1: Lars' plan is working out exactly as how she admi- envisioned it. She decides to accidentally oh. kill Luther while capturing him after Ooh. he destroys Superman with the kryptonite race. So she's really uh, killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> she's going to kill Luther and she's going to kill Superman.
0: But what if she thinks she's killing Luther, but it's only just the doll of him? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Luther bot. <laughs> Dang it. I shouldn't have created that plastic
1: version of Luther. Uh, so, uh, because after all, a dead Luther won't be able to reveal the truth and about her and all of Supergirl's glory and fame will be hers. Dun, so that's dun, dun. that's <laughs> why she wants to get rid of Superman and Luther. And with Superman out of the way, she'll be the mightiest person on earth, free to conquer or destroy earth as she pleases. So she actually Ooh. has some pretty good, I mean, they're evil motivations, but they make
0: sense. They so. they do make sense. I also I also feel like somebody should have clocked her as evil just based on the arch of her eyebrow here. <laughs> she um, does a lot. That's not that's not a helpful eyebrow. Like I don't I don't care how many drive arches she's made. I don't know how many beautiful rock gardens, zen rock gardens that she's uh, raked in her time. Like that's that's an eyebrow that means trouble. <laughs>
1: Well that's how they were able to distinguish her in the art from Supergirl. They, <laughs> just they, drew, one eyebrow. they draw her very similarly to Supergirl. So the the evil I don't I don't even think I can do it. The evil uh arch in the eyebrow <laughs> is uh the way that you know she's bad. Oh, dun dun dun. <laughs> All right. So let's get to action comics number two eighty one from October nineteen sixty one. In a story titled The Secret of the Time Barrier. What? Linda Lee <laughs> is still in Candor while Leslie still- Lars she she's still there she's still there uh is still pretending to be supergirl and when Lesilar, as the girl of steel goes to uh the fortress of solitude with superman she encounters crypto you're going to like this morgan who Yay, senses still who senses something phony is going
0: on he <laughs> he started to know crypto looks legitimately shocked in this <laughs> in this battle crypto is like what
1: <laughs> <laughs> so crypto thinks that something funny is going on and with his super smell a crypto recognizes that this supergirl doesn't wear the same perfu- perfume that
0: Linda does he knows he he has he's that super smell I also like in this panel he goes and she's looking at me with a funny expression Nervous like, not like a friend. She's probably doing that weird eyebrow thing <laughs> at him. <laughs> I, I like that the idea is that like that like Lezalar's downfall is just that eyebrow twitch that she can't help doing <laughs> the evil eyebrow. But like, oh darn <laughs> gives her away every
1: time. <laughs> uh crypto's dog instinct leads him to use his microscopic vision to look inside the bottle city of Candor, <laughs> where he spots another supergirl. So he's seeing Linda in the bottle city, and he senses that the one who who is in Candor is the real Supergirl. So really, nobody else has figured this out. Mr. and Mrs. Danvers have not figured this out. Superman have, hasn't figured this out. But Crypto the Superdog
0: nailed it on the first try. Crypt- you know what? Crypto is so smart. He is such a good boy. That's the thing, <laughs> Superman. Superman like just left her in a, an orphanage and didn't even care about her. But Crypto was like, "I'm a real pal. You smell different, and your eyebrow <laughs> keeps doing weird things. <laughs> that
1: is not my friend. He knows what's up." So back in Candor, Linda Lee, who thinks uh, she is Leslie Larr, the scientist, gets <laughs> discovered on the street by a film director because they have a whole <laughs> film industry in Candor. Yes.
0: <laughs> what? And the film- and you know he's a film director because he's got on a beret <laughs> <laughs> because
1: all film directors wear berets. This is a known fact. <laughs> so uh, the film director who wants to wants to cast her as Supergirl in a movie. What a coincidence! What? Uh, and it is, the movie that he's making is titled Atomo Invades Earth." So atomo uh, Li- Linda as Lesalar is in Candor. And she's being recruited to play Supergirl for a movie in the Bottle City of Candor. I just want to recap that so that it, everyone.
0: Can it, follow. It, it, there's a lot happening here. There's a lot of levels. There's a lot of layers. <laughs> <laughs> so while uh, Les Lilar, quote Les Laure <laughs> is can I just say when the film director sees her, she goes, "You're mistaken. I'm Les Laure." A scientist. And So now I feel like every time um, somebody tries to greet you, you should um, you should make sure that you put your profession in there. Like, no, <laughs> no, 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 I'm Morgan, a marketer. <laughs> <laughs> that helps distinguish you yeah. between that you and that evil version of you who keeps ne- st- <laughs> taking your place. You never know when they what where that evil evil version of me is, or the robot version of me, probably in a tree. But
1: I don't know where they are. <laughs> All right, so before we go on, uh, we got a comment that said, Comixology doesn't have any of these issues. Not true. It's in the uh, oh. S- S- Silver Age of Supergirl volume one and two. You'll find a lot of these Les It's not uh, separate issues, individual issues, but you'll find them in the uh, S- uh, Supergirl Silver Age volumes. Oh, cool. So yeah, you'll be able to find them and read all of these, these fun stories. <laughs> so while uh, Lesla... In Candor is shooting a flying scene. We all know this is the real Supergirl. The wires holding Linda, who thinks she is Leslie, playing Supergirl, break and she starts to fall. Oh no! At the, at the very same <laughs> moment, Crypto, back in the Fortress of Solitude, uses Superman's exchange ray. So they got a lot of rays. So <laughs> Superman.
0: <laughs> I just want to. I just want to take a moment to just, like re- <laughs> to just like really look at this panel of the dog on his hind legs operating a ray. Uh, with his little paws, like if that's not the goodest boy you've ever seen, <laughs> uh, if that's somebody who doesn't deserve a snossage I don't know who is. <laughs> he has earned that
1: treat. <laughs> so, uh, I lost my place with all these uh pages. So, crypto in the back in and back in the fortress of solitude uses Superman's exchange rate with his paw. Bringing <laughs> Linda Lee from Kandor into the fortress and sending the real Les Alar back to Kandor. So he's, <laughs> he sniffed out the phony imposter and he brings the real Supergirl back to Earth. So, but the story's not finished yet. Linda Lee still doesn't have her powers back as Supergirl. So Superman tries to do what Les Alar, as Supergirl when she did this, instructed him to do previously, uh, which was crushing and melting a rock to use its vapors. Because that seems like that would work. But Uh this time, it doesn't work. Because Uh the last time was a trick. Because remember, Lesla already would have had superpowers as a Kryptonian. So later that night, Superman wants to test a sudden inspiration and fly Supergirl through the time barrier back to 1692.
0: Very very specific time barrier. (laughs) okay that's weird uh he's flown into the time barrier (laughs) what's his plan i wonder i like that he doesn't tell her he's just like just stick with me kid i'm gonna take you through time and she's like why he's like i don't know
1: (laughs) there is a reason for this because in this time period in 1692 he wants to test to see if supergirl has her ability to uh, her abilities again, and when she's in 1692, she can fly. She leapfrogs over mountain peaks. She, uh-huh. she caves a giant totem pole into being and balances it on one finger. And Superman eventually leaves 1692 to return to their era to take uh, care of some unfinished business, uh, and 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 leaves Supergirl in 1692. So no. So just so just, <laughs> so just, just to recap what's happening here, because I know I know it's a lot. Oh God. So. Superman wants to test why she doesn't have her superpowers. So they go back in time to a time when she maybe she had superpowers. And in 1692, she does have superpowers. But for some reason, Superman's like, you know what? I'm
0: just going to leave you here. Someone someone pages Superman. He's like, oh, shoot, I have to take this. (laughs) So Linda. uh,
1: You cool here, right? (laughs) Because they can just travel through time willy-nilly and it doesn't really matter
0: why does superman hate supergirl this (laughs) is what this is what i want to know he abandons her at the orphanage she's like don't get adopted whatever you do i don't want you to have a loving family and then he's like oh you lost your powers what if i what if i take you through time and then just leave you there
1: (laughs) (laughs) and in in probably a not a great time period 1692 We'll, we'll get into it so, uh, 1692 isn't a great year for Supergirl to be stuck in because this is the time period when many people believe that witches actually existed, including one known as the Golden Witch. Oh no! Uh, so <laughs> you can kind of you can kind of see where this might be going. As Supergirl checks out her new location, because she's like, "While I'm here, I might as well look around." She happens upon a village that has contaminated water. Wanting to help these people, Supergirl brings them a mountain glacier. <laughs> Drops it in the middle of the town and melts it with her heat vision to create
0: drinking water. How Hold does in. not? How does that not go great for her? <laughs> I don't understand. They're not. They're not jazzed about it. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's pretty helpful. So it's, it's. It, it, it seems it. really nice. That's probably a heavy piece of ice that she brought. <laughs>
1: But that's not all she does for these people. She repairs their houses. She gathers food for the hungry. She lights coal to create heat to warm them. She uh, creates something called quinine. I don't know. Have you ever heard of that? I've never heard I of it. I have not. I assume it's some sort of medicine uh, to lower the fevers of medical patients. The, the villagers uh, appreciate her generosity, but also suspect she is working with the devil. <laughs> because she often burrows <laughs> underground and sp- and flames spring up at her command. Oh my god. That's because so funny. Supergirl in the Silver Age used to uh super dig a lot. So she would dig underground to go places. It's a thing. Just go with it.
0: I uh, I, I always do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so having completed her errands of mercy for these people people, Supergirl super speeds into the time barrier uh back or forward I'm not really sure to 1961 AD where she discovers that once again she doesn't have her powers. So really this was a good test. So in the past she has powers. In the present time she has no powers. So they know it's 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 something about the the time in which she is in. So when Linda returns to her bedroom, she opens up a history book and finds out that the golden witch is her. Surprise! Why she has changed? Uh, maybe there always was a golden witch. I don't know. Is this a paradoxical or non non paradoxical time travel? This I is don't a know. time
0: travel question that's not. For me, the person who also podcasts about a time travel show. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever she did in 1692 made her the, the
1: the witch that she reads about in her history book. <laughs> so so this so this issue, action comics number 289, ends with Les Lilar in Kandor proclaiming that she will destroy Superman and Luther, and then Earth will be hers. So she is uh she's still going on this evil villain plan and <laughs> she's got conga. Con- con-
0: Cockton. i just like the uh, i like the panel of uh linda looking at it going that's me <laughs> <laughs> but also but also the the drawing in the book is literally supergirl <laughs> and so you would think that like a historian or something would be like well that's in the book as the golden witch <laughs> like you you would feel like that would somehow come out but like she's like yeah it's cool all <laughs> yeah. the only nerds read. It's good. We're all good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you would think somebody would catch that. Right? <laughs> um, um, New Rachel says the original town of Salem where the witch trials took place is known today as Danvers, Massachusetts. So.
0: What? Oh, it's all connected. <laughs> Rebecca, I'm getting my red string and my bulletin boards. Let's go. I'm just gonna start hanging them
1: up. Uh so that is good to know. All right, so that ends action comics number 281. So action comics number 282 was from November 1961. The only thing I don't like about Google Docs is it's hard to scroll, but if you scroll too it much, is, it just, yeah.
0: you go too fast. You can scroll right past. It's it's maybe a sign of you have too many pages you're. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Rebecca, we're on page 29, so we're really, <laughs> really working our, our way really through We are
1: cooking. All right, so Action Comics number 282 in a story titled The Supergirl of Tomorrow, uh, Lezalar once again vows to complete her mission of getting Luther to destroy Superman, because she doesn't want to do it herself. She's going to use Luther to do it. Uh, and she also wants to erase luther and she also then wants to take over earth (laughs) so she's got a lot of things on her plate meanwhile linda lee still doesn't have her superpowers and i guess maybe i should have put linda danvers at this point because i I, she's still officially linda danvers i think um so superman surprises linda with a legion of superheroes time bubble to see if she has her abilities in the future like she did in the past so they're doing another test oh no he's gonna leave her there (laughs) linda don't do it it's a trap (laughs) (laughs) superman is trying to to prank you um so they know that she has her superpowers in the past so uh superman wants to test and see if she's got them in the future uh, Les Alar uh, is very upset about this experiment because she can only see into the past and she will be unable to track Linda into the future.
2: Ooh. So this
1: this is uh maybe causing a little problem for Les And Superman's hunch was right. Supergirl does have her powers in the future. So these. How about that? These. <laughs> are very good. Uh, in the future, Supergirl joins forces. I mean, while she's there, she might as well do some things. Why not? Uh, Supergirl joins forces with a character named Gizmak Rao and sure. his, his group, the Unconquerables, which okay. is a pretty cool <laughs> name, uh, to fight the clan of censors and their chief, the All-See-Nine. All <laughs> Eye. So, alright <laughs> This is really up my, like, conspiracy loving alley. The all-, I the, all- see- the all seeing all eye, the clan <laughs> of censors. I'm loving this. It's so funny. All right. So while uh, while she's in the future, a gizmac Rao takes supergirl to a hidden underground museum of heroes. Why is it hidden in underground? I don't know. I don't know. Well, when you put a museum of heroes like up in the, you know, wherever you need to know the password to get into the museum of heroes, so they go to a museum of heroes where she sees statues of herself with Superman ah. and the pla- And this is this is very important to me personally. Uh, the plaques at this museum say that Supergirl is more powerful than Superman. So Ooh. I just I just want that documented. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of people know
0: this. You can look at the panel right here at the panel, and says Superman, super powerful hero. But then it says Supergirl, more powerful than even Superman. And if I was Supergirl, I would be like taking a picture of that, and I would show it to him, and I'd be like, "Stop leaving me places," <laughs> <laughs> or we will duke it out, and uh, we'll never. And have I'm going to do gonna this win. Against. Apparently, <laughs>
2: I'm going
1: to win. Stop it. <laughs> So after saving people from a dictator in the future, there's a whole story, uh, oh, just, <laughs> just, just just, for time, just to just sum gonna up. Go, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> just to sum up, Supergirl saves all these people from a dictator in the future. Uh, Supergirl returns to the present or the past, I'm not really sure, to her own time where she still doesn't have superpowers. Embracing her non-superpowered life, Linda goes to the beach. I mean, she's like, I have superpowers.
0: I, I mean, well look, just yeah, why up. not? Why not?
1: <laughs> so Linda goes to the beach with her adoptive parents and runs into Dick Malvern. Ah, uh, Dick. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know who Dick Malvern is, he is a boy she knew at Midvale Orphanage as Dick Wilson. And then when he got adopted, he changed his name and he became dick malvern so dick malvern is one of uh linda's boyfriends in the silver age uh she has a lot of adventures with him
0: <laughs> dick is wearing quite a small speedo
1: have you noticed that <laughs> it's a little revealing uh i guess this these were suits during that time period in the
0: 60s like i like linda's suit, but it's like she's wearing kind of it's almost it goes down like her thighs meanwhile he's like how small can i get this bathing suit <laughs> Well, it's from a distance, so you're not seeing everything.
1: Uh, to to put it lightly. Uh, so so th- that is, uh, I guess, just uh,
0: what they had uh, in that time period. Listen, Dick Malvern was confident. He was like, I know what I'm working with. I feel good about it. And <laughs> you know what? Good for you. Good, good for, for you. you,
1: Dick Malvern. <laughs> uh, so later that night, after they've been to the beach, Linda decides that since she doesn't need her Supergirl uniform anymore, she's really coming to terms with her lack of powers. She is going to get rid of it by throwing it down a well. And okay, bef- weird. <laughs> before well she has to do it in secret so because nobody, <laughs> nobody knows who she is so before she does this though she puts on the costume one last one last time and feels as if her powers have returned so this is an ah. odd this is an odd situation that is happening uh <laughs> because she didn't have
0: the powers. she's present. she's at the well she was saying goodbye to her suit one last time by putting it on then she's going to take it back off again then she was going to throw it in the well
1: And then all of a sudden, she feels like her superpowers have returned. So while flying around with Superman, uh, they discover that not only have her powers returned, but she is also invulnerable to green kryptonite. Which, Ah, which this is why, (laughs) which I think is why in the future uh, she's known as more powerful than Superman Ah. uh, because, like she saw on the Supergirl statue in the future you know if she's invulnerable to green kryptonite superman's not so she's obviously more powerful than he is so superman and supergirl are both perplexed by this development and uh, just like them being perplexed lesalar and candor is also uh, dumbfounded by this who is simultaneously uh, being arrested by candorian police so
0: <laughs> oh, oh a lot a lots going on for poor Les Alar.
1: So she's, she's not real. She's not having a great time. Uh, Les, Lesla's deeds are, are starting to come out and, uh, Kandorian police are uh, rounding her up. Uh, it turns out if you're very confused by all this, cause it is I, kind of confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out Mr. McChess Prigilich has been searching for a way to humiliate Superman. And he devised a plan to make a girl mightier than him. Ugh. God forbid. Oh, my God. Not a girl. God forbid. Uh, He just so happens to come across Linda as Supergirl at the well and magically grants her all of Superman's powers and makes her invulnerable to kryptonite. He doesn't know that she's Supergirl. Uh, Uh And because he used magical powers on Linda, Lesla Lar's mystery ray that removed her powers in the first place has no effect on Supergirl. So this is all kind of a timey-wimey magical story. Uh, which basically it's, just what, com-
0: what a coincidence that like this is the this is the day that he decides to play this prank. He's like, oh, you know what's really gonna get Superman so mad is if like a girl, <laughs> a girl's more powerful than him. Oh my God, he just happens to be with a girl who actually just happens to have a costume on. That's <laughs> weird. Don't think that's connected. All right, let's go. <laughs> 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 who said Mr. Makeshift Spitalik was very smart?
1: <laughs> uh, he's he's just uh, powerful in his magical abilities. But he's not very intellectual. Um, so, yeah, so that's the end of that issue. So uh, we'll we'll roll into, we're about a half-ish way uh, through Les O'Lars comic book storylines, if, if you want to hang in there with us. Uh, so in Action Comics number 304, uh, from September 1963, uh, this is a story titled The Maid of Menace. Oh, wow. I in, like in, it. <laughs> in, in this one, uh, Linda Dammers is enjoying a day at the beach with Dick Malvern. Uh, Dick has uh, t-
0: taken her back to the beach. I guess he really, he wants to get, you know, you've said that swimsuit. He's yeah, he's like, I, I, bu- I bought this really tiny swimsuit. And I've been working out like a ton, Linda, like a ton. So we got to go to the beach again. <laughs> <laughs> so so she goes to the
1: beach with Dick Malvern where she spots a mysterious super being helping out a gambling ship. What? Uh, tracking the flying female menace with her telescopic vision linda sees her vanish through the time barrier at super speed good grief <laughs> so uh i don't know do i have the uh the panel of uh the mystery person yeah okay so yeah, you, got it. You, can,
0: you can you can see her flying through so so in the
1: silver age they depicted time travel as like cut like Col- like different colors, different, different colors, and they would write the year in there. So they actually made time travel pretty understandable. Like you knew where oh, they what were I going. Like is that it
0: starts from go. Oh, is that sixty? That makes more sense. <laughs> I thought it was go, and I was like, "What is this monopoly?" <laughs> <laughs> so you always
1: know when they're they're time traveling because uh, it's it's fairly consistent how they d- depict the uh, time barrier. Oh, I'm just scrolling again. Okay. So later at the Danvers home, they see a news story on TV about Comet the Super Horse. What? You can't, you can't talk about the Silver Age of Supergirl without uh, a, a mention oh, of no. Comet the Super Comet's going to be showing up making things weird. <laughs> so they see they see a news story about Comet the Superhorse going berserk and, destro- and destroying Monument Mountain in Goldstone National Park, which is basically the comics version of Mount Rushmore in Yellowstone National Park. If you <laughs> want to get that that visual in your head. Maybe Comet found out about her and Dick at the beach and was like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh comet telepathically tells supergirl that he can't stop what he's doing and he's being ordered to crush the statues to rubble so he doesn't mean to do any of this stuff but he's he's being commanded to do it and the one commanding him to do it is revealed to be the same flying a female menace out at sea that supergirl uh saw before to prove prove that she is a real threat this mysterious superpowered lady carves her name Black flame into the side of Monument Mountain with what looks like heat vision. Oh, so God. this this is Black fa- Flame's way of letting people know exactly who she is. She just it's pretty totally rides, dramatic. <laughs> she rides her name into a mountain.
0: I don't know. Do I have that? Uh,
1: I, I think I have that so. overlay. Yeah. Let's
0: let. Yeah. Yeah. Let's- okay. Black Flame. Yeah. I, I like her name because it sounds like a kind of like a heavy metal band. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be
1: <laughs> Comet and Black Flame. <laughs> so, Black Flame explains to Supergirl that she comes from the future, the year 4000 to be exact. Black mm. Black Flame, Black Flame uh, allows Supergirl to wear a mento dome. This is something you see in the Silver Age a lot. <laughs> uh, a mento dome, uh, we'll see more of an image of this later, but it's basically like a helmet that you put put on your head and it uh, helps you to see uh, re- like things that you need to like memories and things. So, oh, yeah. so I'm trying uh, to see if there's a, if there's
0: an overlay of a mento dome, I think I have one in
1: there somewhere. Uh black flame allows Supergirl to wear a mento dome that contains the recorded secret of her origin, which shows Supergirl that black flame is the queen of a pirate planet in the future. I'm and- sorry. What? <laughs> Just go with it. It's the Silver Age. (laughs) In her backstory, Black Flame says she was born on Earth but had been exiled and is actually Superman 25. I believe XXV is 25. And that her ancestor was the beloved Supergirl 1 from Argo City. So Black Flame is telling Supergirl that she is from the future and that they
0: are related. So this is okay okay i'm following that she's a a future pirate but why why is she destroying mountains with a horse uh we're gonna we're we're gonna find out what's going on so (laughs) that seems like a cry for help i don't i don't (laughs) i don't
1: know what's going on there uh all right so when supergirl takes the mento dome off her head black flame tells supergirl that the reason she is in supergirl's time is because some of her greedy henchmen revolted and used Ooh. some of her super weapons against her and she is hiding out in the present century until she can regain her throne so some people revolted against her and things are not going well for black flame at
0: this time so she's just like hiding out she's like i'm i'm laying low and the way that i plan to lay low <laughs> is to take over a super horse have him destroy a mountain, and then laser my own name onto that mountain. No one can know I'm here. <laughs> it's not a really well thought out plan, but this, <laughs> there's some flaws in the logic of that plan. I this think. is this is what
1: she does. <laughs> so, super supergirl doesn't handle the news of her relationship to Black Flame very well. This is all very sudden. Uh, this is not going to be the last time that someone comes to her and says, "Hey, we're related." Uh, so just uh, remember this. Uh, uh, Supergirl cries that all of the good she will ever do will have been wasted because in the year 4000, all of the people of Earth will hate her. She's very upset oh, about no. this. In comforting her adopted daughter, Mrs. Danvers suggests that Supergirl take a trip into the future to check out Black Flame's story, which is actually a really great idea. Way to go, Mrs. Danvers. Uh, I appreciate this. Uh, so the da-
0: so the Danvers just straight up know she's Supergirl.
1: Yeah, they find out pretty early on, um, and they help her with like uh, the her identity, and they know that she like digs holes in the ground so that
0: nobody <laughs> sees her. Uh, so the Dan at this point, the Danvers Supergirl are is on. like is like adopting kind of a weird puppy at this point. <laughs> she's just making a bunch of holes in the backyard. <laughs>
1: Well, she doesn't want people to see that she's flying into the house. So she just uh, burrows underground so nobody sees her.
0: <laughs> I feel bad. Like, like the, the Danvers, I imagine them spending all this money on landscaping. <laughs>
1: There's just these giant craters in their backyard. Well, you know, I guess uh, maybe maybe there's just one hole and she's just digging the same hole. I don't know. It's a Silver Age Supergirl. Super. Uh, I think they call the logic it a, is going to be fuzzy. A super boring. I think is you know, boring underground. I think it's what they refer to it as super boring. That's hilarious. Uh, which I would really just call super digging, but whatever. Uh, so that's where where they go with that. So Mrs. Danvers is like go into the future. Check out Black Flame story and see if what she is saying is true. But when Supergirl travels to the year 4000, she still sees a statue in honor of Supergirl, and there's no record of Black Flame in any of the photographic historical records. Ah. Hmm. Confused, Supergirl asks Comet the Superhorse to use his telepathic powers to read Black Flame's mind, and Comet receives an impression from her thought waves of the Bottle City of Candor. So done. Com- done. <laughs> So Comet suspects that Black Flame is not actually from the future, but from the Bottle City. We're going to see if he's right. Supergirl goes to the Fortress of Solitude and uses Superman's Reducing Ray. See, they all, all the time they have, I, I need to make rays. a list of <laughs> all the rays they have. So Superman has a Reducing Ray uh, and Supergirl uses it on herself to shrink down and visit Kandor. While there, Supergirl meets with Bal-Korin, B-A-L-K-O-R-I-N, the census chief, and finds out that the Kandorian who might fit her description of Black Flame is actually a Kandorian named Zora, who also happens to have a, 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 a who ha- also happens to have been a friend of, guess who? <gasps> Lesalar, Oh uh, my God, so Black Flame <laughs> might have
0: a connection to Les Alar. Supergirl it, is, so go is, ahead. is Black Flame part of Les Alar's Squad? Hashtag Squad Goals. Oh, <laughs> we will we will
1: continue to discuss it. <laughs> Supergirl tells us that Lezalar used her scientific skills to free convicted convicts from the Phantom Zone and was vaporized when one of the (gasps) criminals was testing a (laughs) disintegration gun. Not
0: another. Not another ray.
1: (laughs) Another ray. Val Corrin checks on Zora via his VISA screen. So they have an Earth viewer and a VISA screen. (laughs) And she is working in her lab in the Science Academy. Supergirl thinks this confirms that Zora is not Black Flame and decides to keep looking. So her suspicion, uh, it seems like Zora is not actually Black Flame at this point, And maybe Comet was incorrect.
0: But huh. this... Just hold on to that. The horse was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the horse who can use telepathy might have been wrong. What? I don't. Be- I can't believe that.
1: <laughs> All right. So when Supergirl reemerges out of the Bottle City of Candor, she has become big again. She uses the Zonophone, which is basically sure. now, I guess, would be like uh, Skype I'd- or FaceTime. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, the Zonophone uh, communicates with the Phantom Zone. This is a very specific Zonophone. It only communicates with people in the Phantom zone. And she checks on all the female prisoners who are all accounted for, which means Black Flame doesn't come from the Phantom Zone. So she's trying mm. to figure out, like, she's trying to go through all of these suspicions and try to figure out which one, one of them is correct.
0: <laughs> I also like how, how mad all the... um all the female prisoners of the Phantom Zone are like, talk about somebody who's not popular there. They're like, all right, Supergirl, what are you doing here? Like, leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were in the Phantom Zone, you'd probably be unhappy. You- too. Yeah, you would probably not be Supergirl's biggest fan. <laughs> That's not a call they're looking forward to taking. They're just they're not answering that zoom. <laughs> but they were helpful. They did tell her what she needed to know. Yeah.
1: In an effort not to pass on her powers to Black Flame in the future, uh, Supergirl uses gold kryptonite on herself. This is she's a very dramatic, <laughs> very drastic move on the part of Supergirl. Yeah, <laughs> She's taken a couple leaps there. <laughs> Thinking that Supergirl is now powerless, Black Flame reveals herself as Zora of Kandor. So she was right. Comet of Supergirls was right. And oh that, my god. <sighs> and that she's not a descendant of Supergirl in the future. Uh, so they are actually not related. Mm. What Supergirl saw on the visit screen in Kandor was an android because everybody has a robot, everybody course, has a robot. Of course. Uh, uh, what she saw in Candor was an android, a chemical duplicate of Zora. So Ooh. Zora was using those robots. Uh, come
0: in handy. Oh, the poor, the poor robot. Just like, sure, I will obey, <laughs> <laughs> Mistress Zora. Fine. <laughs> (laughs) But I am going to Skype with with the Supergirl robots later and we are going to talk about you a lot. (laughs) I love it when we get to talk about robots on Supergirl Radio. So often, as it turns out. Way more than I would have thought.
1: Black Flame explains to Supergirl that she had always admired Les and when she was disintegrated, Zora wanted to fulfill her greatest ambition to take Supergirl's place in the outer world, which she does using a red kryptonite cloud that made her big. We also find out that the Mento Dome tapes that Supergirl watched earlier in this story were phony. They were not real. (laughs) So Zora has uh, been trying to fulfill her dastardly deed, and she's really faking everything. And while Supergirl is weak and dying of thirst, Black Flame pours a cup of water out onto the ground just to be cruel to her, just that's to really not, rub it in not nice at all. <laughs> uh, Zora is pretty dastardly. She's really, uh, she's taking that as, uh, aspiration to be like Les a little too far. Uh, Zora pro- proclaims that not even Les could achieve such a victory as seeing Supergirl plead for mercy. Just when black flame thinks that she has defeated Supergirl, it's revealed that when black flame thought uh, what black Thame moved, mm-hmm. I'm screwing this up. <laughs> that what black flame thought was gold kryptonite was actually just an ordinary stone that Supergirl wrapped in her gold-colored belt and ah. made the belt. And she made the belt glow by exposing it to her X-ray vision. So this sneaky, this plan had a lot of elements to it. Too so, many need- elements. <laughs> she had to use in order to do this all right so uh let me go down okay so the red kryptonite clouds effect that goes away and black flame becomes tiny again so the, bl- the apparently the red kryptonite cloud red kryptonite in the silver age could have any number of effects it could give you two heads it could make you a super mermaid <laughs> so you never know <laughs> what red kryptonite is going to do But in this instance, red kryptonite uh, made black flame big. But now she's become tiny again. And Supergirl puts tiny black flame into her makeup compact. Oh, my God. She made the first Polly Pocket. (laughs) (laughs) She put her in her her, uh, makeup compact with a few grains of actual gold kryptonite. Oh, brutal. That is a little... That's maybe uh, not a great thing for Supergirl have to have done. That's uh, that's a, that's up for debate. Uh, eliminating Black flame superpowers permanently. Ooh. Supergirl was able to use them because since they were too small to affect her, but for a tiny Black Flame, they worked. <laughs> so she has taken tiny Black Flame, put her in a makeup compact, and put some gold kryptonite in there to make her powerless. And after Black Flame is arrested by the Candor Police, Supergirl tells them that the way she knew that Black Flame was Zora was because of the dental filling she spotted in her teeth. Because Supergirl's invulnerable descendant wouldn't be able to have fillings. Ah, so, you know, so that's
0: how she knew. I guess uh, Zora had cavities. Uh, <laughs> Supergirl's like, excuse me, we all have we all have perfect teeth. Just perfect. <laughs> So that is not my descendant. <laughs> so that is our, our,
1: our kind of our, our first introduction to Black Flame. Uh, we, we might uh, learn a little bit more about her later. I think she comes back into play while we talk about this. But Black Flame and Les Alar are sort of tied together because Black Flame sees Les Alar as, a, as a as a model for her life. She ah. she's, sees her
0: as an inspirational role model. I don't know that I would consider Leslie Lar an inspirational role model. Uh she seems a little bit crazy, but okay. <laughs> you, you haven't even seen the worst of it yet. Uh you'll you'll be
1: questioning uh Leslie mental co- uh capacity uh <laughs> later on when we get there. All right. So um Morgan if if you allow me to take a break, sure. and, and uh carry on with Superman Family number 185 cuz this is a this is a lot of reading. Oh and, sure. Uh, it might be good to break it up. So if you'll if you'll pick up with Superman
0: number uh Superman family number
1: 185.
0: Cool. So in Superman family number 185, in a story titled The Voodoo Machine, Supergirl and her adoptive mother, uh Edna Danvers now. Edna, like that, that is a name you just don't hear very often anymore.
1: Yeah, Edna, and uh, I think sometimes uh, she's Sylvia in some stories. Ah, but Fred, I, but Fred is always,
0: I think, the consistent name for Mister Danvers. Interesting. I, I want to bring back Edna. People start start naming your daughters Edna. <laughs> um, so they wonder if zor and Alora, which who appeared in appearing in this issue, thanks to dimensional drifts okay, not gonna, not gonna question that too much, uh, might be connected to the disappearance of Supergirl's adoptive father, Fred Danvers. Readers learned that zor had tried to project the people of Argo into another dimension. The poor people of Argo get yeah. <laughs> so many things happen to the people of Argo. Um, it's incredible. Um, a survival zone thinking he had failed. He fired a rocket containing his only child, uh, Kara, To Earth. Turns out Zorel's plan kind of worked. The survival zone Ray, another Ray, had del- had a delayed effect. And Zorel and Allura escaped the destruction of the spa- of their space city. So good for them. Uh, after years of trying, Zorel and Allura finally contacted Supergirl via telepathy. And with her super intellect. She constructed a complex machine that would free them. There were some complications with her machine. You know, we're not all perfect, even (laughs) if we have super intellect. Um, But Fred Danvers stepped in with his electronic (laughs) expertise to help. Because, sure, let's say that he knows how to create a (laughs) Kryptonian (laughs) super machine. So all it took to free Zor-El and Alora was a little tweaking of the dimensional electro converter to full power and a lot of love. Uh, <laughs> even though they were freed from the survival zone in the present time of the issue, Zorel and Alora have accidentally been sent back to their survival zone by Fred Danvers. <laughs> <laughs> he might have screwed up a little bit. This is why she probably shouldn't have gotten him involved. When <laughs> he activated the voodoo machine. Now, probably you're not going to want to activate something called the voodoo machine if you don't know how to work the voodoo machine. (laughs) What is the voodoo machine? It allows its users to zero in on three-dimensional image, step into that image, and then directly affect it. Fred Danvers has, has been kidnapped by some unidentified strangers, and Supergirl ends the issue trying to figure out how to save him. This, so that's a lot of stuff happening in that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this this plot is in the Superman family issues, and it's uh, it's over several issues. So it kind it's this uh, drawn out story. So we're we're learning about uh, why Fred Danvers gets kidnapped and uh, who is responsible for kidnapping him and why. So we'll we'll get into that.
0: Okay, so in Superman Family 186, it's the next issue. This is all, by the way, this is all in like 1977. I think 186 is in December and like 185 is in October. Um, So in a story titled A Rendezvous with Reality, uh, which is a great title, Supergirl is still trying to find Fred Danvers. And in doing so, finds the voodoo machine and rams into it okay wrecking <laughs> it that is a choice that she made i'm not sure i would make uh, <laughs> seems like a mistake uh during what appears to be the death of fred danvers okay they think he dies at this point it's very okay. serious because is it because she rams into the voodoo machine
1: i can't i can't remember at this point but he uh he is uh he's 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 down and out and they think he's dead
0: <laughs> i mean you should never count fred Danvers out but okay uh so the comic flashbacks into how he was kidnapped Fred was hired for what he thought was a secret government project, it never is, where he was forced to work on the voodoo machine so that these unknown visitor bad guys could spy on or destroy anything by remote control. I'm surprised it's not a ray of some kind, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh my god, a remote control, that was the, the... height of technology in 77 when fred activated the machine zorel and alora were automatically reprojected into the survival zone uh if that seems confusing in superman number uh family number 185 they clarified for it for you in this issue okay there's a lot of uh poor alora and zorel being st- uh, shot back into that survival <laughs> <Yeah>. zone <laughs> it's like oh no not again um, If Superman loses her adoptive father, Fred Danvers, she'll probably also lose her biological parents because Fred knows how to free them. Offering to help her are some of the mysterious visitors who kidnapped Fred. They don't seem like reliable help, uh, who turn out to be invisible rogue, elastic crook. And Electric Man, all all escapees from Kronos, the prison planet. I like Electric Crook. That's a a good name. Uh, He's also got, like, a pretty sweet hat.
1: Um, I think it's Electric Man and Elastic Crook. Elastic Crook.
0: Uh, Yeah, I like Elastic Crook because of his hat. Um, Electric Man is... uh, kind of got like a shakespearean actor vibe going on (laughs) but like somebody who like really is way too committed committed to being method like he (laughs) looks like he would be very annoying he's definitely gonna quote shakespeare at you when you don't want him to (laughs) and and invisible rogue is not invisible is not invisible so that's confusing right off the bat (laughs) and also also he's got these like little tentacles and i'm like okay why is he the only one that appears to be some kind of alien? Like, Elastic Crook has kind of a wicked widow's peak, but that just kind of makes him look like Dracula. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Invisible Rogue. <laughs> he, he
1: doesn't seem to look like what you would think Invisible Rogue would look like. I'm trying to go back into this issue now that you mentioned, uh, how does Fred Danvers uh, get injured? And I think it's because of Super... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you yes. want to um, uh, solo my screen.
0: So oh, yeah, yeah. So that I'm full screen. So, uh, the, yeah, that's your screen. <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't helpful at all Yeah, to what I was trying to do. Oh, no, now I'm huge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how do I Yeah, solo- there, 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 there you, you go.
1: go.
0: Okay, so I don't know if you
1: could tell. Uh, so what I'm seeing here is Supergirl crashes through the voodoo machine. <laughs> and then in this panel, Fred is on the floor. <laughs> I, I think so, it's your fault. I, that's what I'm getting out of it. I don't know if that's right. Uh, but I guess just during all the chaos, it says, and, and amid the havoc. So I guess he just, I don't know if he has a heart attack or if it was damaged from the debris. I don't know. <laughs> Shrapnel
0: of the voodoo machine. <laughs>
1: but that's a, uh, that's part of, oh, you can't see some of this because I think it's green and with my green screen, it kind of goes away. But that's this issue, Superman. Ah
0: Family number 186. So, so where did we leave off so uh fearing that even with electric man's help they won't have enough power to jolt fred's heart into activity uh somebody gets heart attack <laughs> uh, uh superman a supergirl uses her super breath to freeze him so no deterioration occurs so she's put him on ice like Walt Disney yeah. uh, <laughs> this suspended animation will hopefully give Supergirl the time to find a powerful enough electric jolt to revive Fred. Um, As all of this is happening, a bodiless form of energy hovers and expresses Hmm. its own thoughts about Supergirl's eventual downfall. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to take criticism from anyone. I'm going to be honest, (laughs) but it's going to be especially hard to take criticism from a, um, a bodiless form of energy hovering nearby.
1: uh if if that sounds crazy it, it probably because it is
0: it's uh <laughs> no it sounds so normal <laughs> that's that's what happens to me every day when i question my own decisions a bodiless <laughs> form of energy just sort of hovers over here like really do you want to eat <laughs> is, that next cookie? is that really the choice you're gonna make here <laughs> that's what you're wearing <laughs> <laughs> so
1: just put that in, your, in the back of your mind there's a bodyless form of energy that's uh Sure,
0: sure, sure. Expressing sure. some some thoughts about Supergirl. Makes perfect sense. I <laughs> would never question it. So Supergirl follows a power cable buried in the nearby mountains. And okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. This kind of reminds me like on, on Lost. Do you remember when they find the big cable? Yes. And, <laughs> and, and Hurley like and walks follow it. Yeah. So she's doing that um, and realizes that the power cable has been... Um, hunked out by feedback when she smashed the lab in Superman Family number 185. So it feels like there's a lot of repercussions of her just (laughs) smashing things without thinking it through. I can't imagine why that would be the case. Uh, She gives it a spin and races the cable to try and beat the first surge of powers back to the lab. The power generated from Supergirl's plan is enough to bring Fred Danvers back to life. So she basically does like the the clear thing but yeah. with a mountain cable. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's cool. You, you just have to go with this uh silver age science. <laughs> just go with it. I, I mean, I don't it makes perfect sense. I want to know when the bodiless uh the energy orb <laughs> comes back into play is is are they a, is that approving of her choices? Is it like good job? <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll get to it. Love that cable. <laughs> uh, with Fred back in action, he instructs Supergirl on how to get Zorel and Allura out of that survival zone. So Supergirl ends this issue knowing there is someone behind all of this, but she still doesn't know who it is. But there's a hint. The bottom of the last page reads, don't miss the return of a villain from many years past in the next issue of Superman Family. And I can't imagine who that would be in this (laughs) lesbo spotlight. I don't know. (laughs) It's a mystery. (laughs) So the next issue that we're going to dive into is Superman Family number 189. So the last one was 185, I think, or 186. Uh, 186, yeah. So this is 189. This is in June 1978. Uh, so it's a little bit later than the last one. And so in a story titled Memories of Menace, Supergirl finds herself in the phantom zone, which is not a great place for her, as we've seen with her reception when she zoomed in on the, <laughs> the inmates. After learning that a character named Shyla tried to steal her powers, Supergirl tricked Shyla into the phantom zone from which she had escaped Because of this action, Supergirl was arrested, why, and brought before a Kandorian court on charges of illegal imprisonment of a Kandorian citizen. Okay, they don't like that. (laughs) Uh, But I thought that they were her biggest fans over in Kandor. How things change! Uh, <laughs> the court views the Mento tapes, branding Supergirl as a criminal on those tapes, and there are memories of witnesses who forget the incident. Uh, the viewers see Luther's memories of Supergirl working with him before she began her public career as a superhero. Whoa! They're throwing it all the way back to the sixties in this so, one. So, so does that seem familiar?
1: Does that? Do, do, are you recalling? early issues that we talked about now.
0: Yes. About coming full circle. They're bringing it full circle. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually, it actually kind of is impressive because like the first issues where that happened were like from the early 60s. Early 60s. Yeah. And now we're at the late 70s and they're like, remember that time that, <laughs> that, that, that Les Alar had a Superman doll? A uh, Lex Luthor doll? <laughs> Let's bring it back to that. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in this panel Um Air quote Supergirl says, with my powers and your brain, we'll be rich beyond our dreams. And like and Lex Luthor says, ha, 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 and then throws money up in the air. <laughs> so it does look pretty damning for Supergirl, gonna be honest. <laughs> uh, to prove her innocence, Supergirl wants to be sentenced to 73 days, a very specific amount of time, in the f- in the Phantom Zone. So this is equaling the length of a Kryptonian month. Oh God, that's a long month. <laughs> Ooh, could you imagine like a like January being seventy three? It felt like seventy three days, but could you imagine it? That's almost three months. That's so many days. days. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. While in the Phantom Zone, Supergirl runs into Jaxer, General Zod, and Kurel, the worst criminals in the zone, and they try to rip her brain apart, which is really rough. Really intense. Um, not cool at all. She needs that. Um, meanwhile, in Midvale, at the newly constructed Star Lab Research Center, Fred Danvers, who is now the head of Star Labs, interviews a Mr. Carr for the position of research assistant. Of course, hmm. this in- Hmm, who could that be? Of course, this interviewee is none other than Lucas, Snapper Carr, who tells Fred that he prefers to be called Lucas or Luke, but not Snapper, Daddy O, because he's so <laughs> <laughs> Because he's his own man now and not just a Justice League sidekick. I'm more than just my snaps, he says. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's such a random issue. There's all this stuff with Supergirl going on, and then all of a sudden,
0: uh, Snapper Car shows up. Amazing. Well, I hope he gets that job. I really do. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of future in just walking around snapping. I don't think that that's a lucrative career choice. <laughs> oh, hi, Beaker. How did you get here? Oh Don't step on the keyboard. <laughs> guest appearance speaker. Guest appearance special guest appearance. That's a loud guest. Um back in the Phantom Zone, Supergirl recognizes the face of a friend who turns out to be Mon L. What? Who was sent to the Phantom Zone for his protect for his own protection? So he's he's sent to jail where there's a bunch of really powerful villains somehow for his oh. After being exposed to lead, brutal for Monel. Brutal for Mon-El. <laughs> the guy really can't catch a break, Kenny. He? Uh, he saw everything that happened with those Mentos tapes from the trial and knows that the criminal wasn't Supergirl. So Supergirl records Monel's memories on her own Mento tape projector. So this is really going to be a like a, a trial by Mento tape. It's gonna be- <laughs> It's gonna be one of those uh, he said, she said, Mento tape said, Mento tape said <laughs> situations. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, the, <laughs> the Mento tapes play in the Candorian courtroom. Okay, I guess she's back after her seventy three days. Yes, <laughs> revealing that Monel watched as the evil Cretonian Candorian si- uh, scientist Les Lalar, switched places with Supergirl to set the stage for her plans. Watched as she stole the identity of Supergirl's friend, Lena Thorle. Oh, oh hey, oh look at this. Is, this is like Lena. a greatest hits of all <laughs> of our favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, he saw as she released the phantom zone criminals and portrayed her and they betrayed her and finally disintegrated her to floating atoms oh leslie uh, was such a real one monel <laughs> Mon- Mon- even saw how the real supergirl recaptured the escapees man monel's just kind of sitting around kind of watching all of this stuff happen like it's days of our lives <laughs> what <Well>, just- <laughs> what else can he do he's just sitting in the back go- like with some popcorn being like well i mean if you're gonna have to be stuck in prison because of lead poisoning this is pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> so upon seeing this evidence the candorian judge orders supergirl to be immediately released from the phantom zone so thanks to monel supergirl is free and that's i mean that's a real pal for you yeah he came in pretty clutch. I want to know what happened with Snapper Car's job interview.
1: <laughs> I think I think that's in another issue, and I don't think I read that, probably. but I'm fairly certain he probably got the job. He
0: definitely got the job. Yeah. I feel I feel like he's probably he's maybe qualified. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we'll have to follow up on that. And I think there was a question from the chat about Snapper car. Uh, New Rachel asks, Was this before or after <laughs> the robot hands? This I is think a good it was be- I think it was before. I think, oh yeah, I think robot hands. Which I don't even think we technically know they were robot hands. We just think they were robot hands. Oh, they were um, definitely robot hands. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was in the eighties, I want to say. So, uh, so yeah, this would have been before that.
0: So there's there's a while before the robot hands. He's got he's got an exciting future ahead. <laughs> Um, So, our next issue that we're going to talk about is Superman Family 193. So, that's February 1979. So, it's another year later now. In a story titled The Gravity War, Supergirl is trying to stop Rudy uh, Clement, an old school friend who is now known as the Gravitron Man. (laughs) Because, sure, uh, from warring with his cousin over plans for a gravitational device. But his name is the Graviton Man. Like, what else is he going to (laughs) do? I think she's being a little unreasonable here. Uh, While she is in action to do so, she feels pain. Confused over what is causing her this pain, she hears an unidentified voice that says, I am the one who has influenced their powers so they can hurt you. It is I who calls your death, yet you cannot see or hear me. Ooh! I wonder who that is. Spooky. Oh, and that's it. That's that's <laughs> it
1: for that issue. This is, okay. This is, this is still part of this big arc that involves it with this uh this disembodied voice. Well, uh, I'm excited so. to find out what's going on.
0: We're we're very close. Voice. We're very close. So in super, yeah, Superman Family two oh six. So that's in April nineteen eighty one. So we're all the way in the eighties now. We've made it um, in, a, <laughs> in a story titled "Strangers at the Heart's Core." Linda gets—that <laughs> sounds like a, a romance novel. It does. Uh, Linda gets a phone call from her adoptive mother, Edna Danvers, telling her that she will want to look for a surprise while she's on the campus of New Athens Experimental School, where she's currently employed. Uh, she thinks it might be a visit from Superman, but it turns out that Superman uh, turns out to be Gregory Reed and actor who plays Superman in the movies. Now we're getting a little meta on me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if it's supposed to be a play
0: on Christopher Reeve or George Reeves. That's so funny. Might Conclu- be a mix of both. It could be. Concluding that there is no way that Edna would know about Greg- Gregory's publicity stunt, Linda still wonders what the surprise is supposed to be. It's like, it's not this joker, this <laughs> this, this famous guy. No way. Um, while in her office... Still pondering all of this. She's visited by Fred and Ed- Edna Danvers, who slowly turn into Zorel and Alora. She's like, oh, mom and dad, God, I'm <laughs> busy. I said I'd call you back later. Uh, from the hidden depths of her brain, the maid of, the maid of might hears a chilling laughter that is not her own, saying, I have finally succeeded, Supergirl. Your hours on Earth are numbered. Oh, my gosh. Chilling indeed. Supergirl immediately recognizes this voice as Leslie Lar, who is speaking to her from the astral plane. I like it. In this issue,
1: I think for the first time, I think this issue and maybe the issue with the court courtroom stuff, Lesla <laughs> has a costume. This is like the oh. first time Lesla has like a, like a, not a superhero, I guess like a villain costume. She has like the purple
0: pants, the gold boots, and she's got a gold cape. Oh, yeah. What I like about her supervillain costume is that from far away, it doesn't look like the cape is holding on to anything at all. It's like, what what are the dynamics of this cape? And it's only when you get close that you realize it's kind of like clasped just around her neck. Which you feel like would strangle her a whole lot as she was getting her out. <laughs> like that thing gets caught in a tree bl- tree branch and it's lights out, Lesla. Oh yeah, I-, I hope that's not attached to her skin. Although it's, it-, lo- it looks like it's just kind of like lying loose around her neck. Which, like, how would it stay back? Like it would just get all like it would just be over her shoulder and. It would look messy this
1: this is a size situation from those early comics society <laughs> uh they did not think
0: that uh, through very well I mean. It, it it's it looks cool until you start to think about it. Like <laughs> how would it how would it be to wear that thing? And then you're like, not great. It probably would be not great. Yeah. Um <laughs> so Plane? Supergirl is under the impression that Lesla Lar was dead. Oh wait, wait, hang
1: on. Uh, did we yeah. get uh Lesla eventually escaped her mental prison? Did we? Did we get, um, did we so get now, all that?
0: We just got down to uh, she recognized the voices. Lesa Lar.
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay, I wanted to make sure I was caught up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she recognized the voices. Lesa Lar, who's speaking to her from the astral plane. <laughs> uh, Supergirl is under the impression that Lesa Lar was dead from the Phantom Zone criminals trying to disintegrate her with a super weapon, but instead, Lesa Lar. Evolved into a new life form of pure energy. Uh, She's like, like, Oh, you thought I was dead? That's so unevolved of you. I'm just energy. I'm just energy now. I'm just energy. I went on this great diet. I'm just energy now. I don't even have a body. Um, Lesalar tried to destroy Supergirl by mentally influencing others and even got trapped in a Superboy robot. See, Superboys got robots too. The robot, oh, I want to know what's going on with his robots now, too. Are they okay? <laughs> Let's check in on all the robots. Uh, Lezalar eventually escaped her mental prison, entered Linda's brain, and is now claiming that she and Supergirl are twin sisters. I mean, okay. Lezalar's goal is to take over Linda's physical body and demand that zor and Allura tell her why they abandoned her in favor of Kara. But, mm, Okay. Mm. <laughs> but but she's not her sister though. She does does she not know that? Is Le- she Lesla thinks she is. So things have gotten a little rough on the astral plane is what I'm is what I'm hearing. And like therapy is not available <laughs> in the astral plane is what I'm getting.
1: <laughs> she might have gone a little mad.
0: It's, it's gotten tough in the astral plane. Okay, so Supergirl thinks it's impossible that she and Lesla are twin sisters because Lesla was born in Candor when it was still in its shrunken state in a bottle. She's like, listen, you can't be my twin sister because actually you're the size of a Polly Pocket and I'm, an, I'm the size of a person and that doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, she said, Kara's parents were on Argo many light years away at the time of her birth. Supergirl concludes that Lesla's new form has driven her insane. Dun, she's mad. Dun, dun. Yes, she's she's gone mad on the astral plane. So supergirl fights Leslar with energy from her own brain, which opens it. Uh, which opens it for Lesla, Lesla to literally knock Supergirl out of her mind and take over Linda's physical body, which is not good because that is literally all that Lesla wants. She's like, I will freaky Friday you every day. <laughs> <laughs> I will never stop freaky Fridaying you. And she's like, please, it's got to be too much now. Uh, but zor and Alora, they're not fooled. they like, they're like, mm. You're calling us way too much. Like she never calls us much. They realize that Lesla Lar is not their daughter, Kara. Upset at her deception, not succeeding, Lesla's hold on Supergirl starts to weaken. And Supergirl is able to punch back at her to get her out of her mind. So she like mind punches her in the brain. <laughs> uh, this big punch puts Linda back into her own body. So she says, Get out, LeslaLar, get out of my mind. <laughs> Uh Leslie Lore's energy was dispersed on the astral plane and even in her misguided way, Kara is grateful that Leslie gave her a few moments with her real parents. So that's nice. I mean, silver linings to that uh to that story. So that is the Superman family storyline. So that's going to get us into one of our I think one of our last comics which is The Krypton Chronicles number one. So that's September. 1981. Um, so we're still in 81. In the Krypton Chronicles, number one, Superman and Supergirl visit Kandor to learn about El family history. And while they're there, they run into Zora Vilar, a.k.a. Black Flame. In the back of the issue, a Krypton glossary descri- describes Zora as a Kandorian villainess and close friend of Leslie Lar, calling herself Black Flame. She tried to expose Supergirl to gold kryptonite, which could steal her powers permanently. Black Flame causes some trouble for Superman and Supergirl as they research Kryptonian history. But since this is not a Black Flame character spotlight, we'll save that for another episode. And Lesla Lar is also mentioned in the Krypton glossary as a native Kandorian who was Supergirl's double. And became her enemy. An orphan, Lesla took a surname from the family of her best friend, Zor- uh, Zora Vilar. So, oh, so that's interesting backstory for her. That actually makes me kind of sad for Lesla. I feel like, I feel like Lesla just really wanted a friend, and uh, and and went about it in all of the worst possible ways.
1: <laughs> she, she wanted a better life for herself, and she just wanted to take Linda's because she uh, she really envied her, and so that's kind of how things end for her.
0: Oh, that's so tough. So if you're interested in the history of Krypton and the House of L, this is a great um, and in-depth three-issue series that dives into the L family tree. So that's Krypton Chronicles uh, number one, and that's from September 1981, if you want to go and look that up. So that's pretty interesting stuff. I wish we knew... I wish we knew more about lesla <laughs> um that's i think the last of uh lesla in the comics wow i really thought she was in it a lot more for some reason
1: she spanned several decades though you got to give her that that's
0: true yeah she starts in the 60s she ends in the 80s and she is trouble the whole time <laughs> <laughs> does does not get any kind of redemption which is how i like my villains i know it's awesome um okay so Superman and Lois is our next um, is our next Leslie Lar spotting. Um, so in Superman and Lois season one, we're going to be introduced to act, actress Stacy Farber as DC Comics character Leslie Lar, who is described as the right hand to one of the most influential people on the planet, and gone from a young idealistic dreamer to a hardened, world worn dream killer. She's athletic, strong, and oftentimes heartless. So that's interesting.
1: So oh, so after all we just learned about Les Lillard, do you think that lines up with the comic book version? I
0: mean, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I don't know that I I wouldn't say that the comic book version was like a, a dream killer. <laughs> I think that she was so focused on trying to be famous and take over Supergirl's life I, that like she wasn't really trying to like Kill other people. It was all about the end goal of being supergirl. So she was like, I'll be supergirl, but I'm gonna have to kill this person, this person, this person to accomplish (laughs) that. But then it's gonna be great. And then I'm just gonna make arches everywhere and no one can stop me. Arch here, arch there, everywhere in arch. I mean, I thought that she like when she was supergirl, she wasn't all bad because she had some good ideas. Like (laughs) she did, and she executed it perfectly yeah so I think that there's deep inside of Leslie Lar, I think that there was some heroic potential. She was just uh, too focused on single white femaleing uh Car- Linda, I guess at that point, and being supergirl that she couldn't really just be herself and that's uh, that's a sad lesson so this this leslie this Leslie oh. Lar seems a little different.
1: Uh, Morgan, could you hear me? I think I was frozen. Oh, I think you froze. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But do I, do I look like I'm back? You are definitely back. Yeah. And also I think my uh, smoke detector is chirping. So uh, my (laughs) apologies. It decided to start chirping at this very moment. It could not wait. It could not wait until after podcasting. Uh, So if you hear something really annoying, my apologies. I'm trying to mute myself as much as possible.
0: I thought it was just your, like, hazy c- criticism of yourself, but it was just like a, a beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no
1: it's, uh, it's my smoke detector d- uh, determining uh, it's time uh, for new batteries.
0: So what do you think of this description of this Leslie Lar?
1: I think it sounds nothing like the comic book Leslie It's uh it's pretty disappointing. I'll see where it goes, but I wish she was like from Candor. I wish she I may and maybe maybe they'll reveal her to be that, but I'll try to keep an open mind, but it doesn't she's not even like a scientist.
0: Slash villain Yeah, slash <laughs> criminal. I think for me what doesn't make the most sense is having Leslie in Superman and Lois when All of her obsession is on Supergirl, like, you could have had her on a supergirl series that ran for six seasons. Yeah, that's that show has been on kind of a while. Like it's been several years. There are a lot of opportunities. She is it's one of the few instances I feel like where I'm saying she is primarily a supergirl villain where usually we get these villains on supergirl where we're like, okay, well that's a superman villain, but I guess Supergirl's fighting him now or like, okay, this is a villain from some, you know, other comic but uh, now supergirl's fighting him and like here you go this is a supergirl villain and instead of putting her on supergirl we have her on superman and lois and like also a superman and lois why would you choose a primary supergirl villain for one of your villains on the show it just to me it doesn't make sense like it's not like superman is short on villains there's a lot of them
1: and they're just recasting all of them uh but, <laughs> so it doesn't matter if they've been on supergirl or not they can do whatever they want to with them yeah it's fr- it's frustrating cuz they had a chance to do a uh, do a leslar on supergirl and they didn't take it so that's it's pretty annoying
0: yeah it's a, it's a little strange uh i don't know uh i i just it's i it's hard to it's hard to imagine how this leslar is going to stack up against the comic book version when the comic book version is so focused on stealing Supergirl's life. And so obviously that's not, that can't be the same. And it's
1: not like Supergirl didn't ever do a storyline where there was another, somebody who looked like Supergirl who was trying to take over her life.
0: They did that with Red Daughter yeah exactly exactly and they could have very easily done that like red you know the red sun or whatever is a superman story they could have just done that same story but with lesla lar
1: they could have uh just uh, makes me wonder if they knew who lesla lar is
0: (laughs) they could have even had melissa benoist as lesla lar like oh i I look so so much like you and then she goes "Mm," with her eyebrow up in the air i'm your twin sister (laughs) <laughs> and a nearby dog starts barking and it's like dun dun dun
1: <laughs> yeah they could have easily done leslar in the show but they uh, just chose not to well i think that's gonna wrap it up for our character spotlight but uh i think we have some snap judgments so you want to make some snap judgments Always in the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, first one, Zonophone or Metodome. And I'm going to try to pull up a, an overlay <laughs> so you can see the difference. Uh, you, hmm. might wanna, you might want you might want to vamp in my take me walk cuz I have so many oh, overlays. Oh sure. <laughs>
0: so so the mento dome if, if you remember is not does have has nothing to do with mento candy. It's just like a a weird thing that you put on your head that's got spikes. Why does it have a spikes? I don't know. It's just part of the design. Just don't question it. Just put it on your head. Um so that's the that's the mento dome. Now the zonaphone it's basically Zoom, right? It's, it's Zoom, but only for the Phantom Zone. So you want to talk to General Zod, you're good. You want to talk to Jaxer, you're great. You want to talk to Les Lilar, she's been disintegrated. <laughs> so you can't talk to her. She's on the astral plane now. It's great. There's so many crystals there, okay? So you can't talk to her, but you can talk to anybody else. So, so uh, I'm going to go minto doom.
1: I want to see I want to see like people's memories. Like if I could solve a crime or or see in the past, maybe that would be a good use of it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go to the Mento Dome, too, because I would love to to just kind of watch the past kind of like a television show. They'd be like, this is actually just for like quickly checking on something. It's not for entertainment. I'd have a big bowl of popcorn. I'd say not for you, maybe. And I just keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see if
1: anybody's made their snap judgment in the chat. Looks like Jen says zona phone. Uh, so you're talking to some zoners, some phantom zoners. And uh, Kenny
0: says mento dome. So we're 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 pretty we're pretty skewed on the mento dome. <laughs> uh, I would be interested. Like if you're if you're using the zona who are you calling? Like you let's say you could only call one person. Which of which one phantom zone person are you calling?
1: Oh, that's, that's a tough one. There's some good options.
0: Uh, maybe mm. I, you, uh, you, you can't talk to Les You can't talk to Les She is disintegrated. She's on the phantom zone now, Rebecca. She's selling essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> Actual plane. God. So maybe, maybe General Zod, he'd probably be the most interesting one. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd call General Zod. I think that he there'd be a lot of like ranting um and then like a lot of like really loud declarations um uh, but it would be it would be amusing at least <laughs> oh my All god right. somebody says um, call Monel and give him a hard time i did forget uh, he's in the phantom zone i did forget that Monel is in the phantom zone so i'm changing the answer and i'm just going to call Monel, and we're just going to chit chat he's he knows everything that's been going on and he is a gossip because he's bored so Monel <laughs> is going to like you were talking about who has the team Monel does because he's got nothing else going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jen uh, changed uh, her mind, uh, going for Mento Dome on this one.
0: But she would. She says that she would probably talk to Zod if she had yeah, to. Yeah, you know, Zod
1: would Zod would be an interesting character in there. Okay, so the next snap judgment is a being stuck in the astral plane with Lezzalar or the Phantom Zone with Monel. So a similar question. Hmm.
0: So Morgan, what would you say? So that's tough because I feel like if you're on the astral plane with Leslie Lars, she's gonna try to get you into like a mar- multi-level marketing scheme um, and I don't know that I, <laughs> I I don't know that I want that on the on the other hand she's gonna teach me all about crystals um meanwhile Monel really does know what's going on with everybody and he's gonna be talking about things like it's like the real housewives and he knows like everybody who hates everybody else Ugh. so I so, I think I'm going to go with Monel. As much as I love my girl Leslie mon Monel definitely is like, you would not believe what Kara said about Cal the other day. It was brutal. <laughs>
1: Okay, my internet is being goofy, so I'm sorry if things are uh, weird. Uh, it's oh, like, no, f- it's like freezing for me. I'm having lots of problems tonight. My my smoke detectors are chirping, my internet's going <laughs> Everything's in and out. Going what is
0: happening? It's Les La Lar from the actual <laughs> It zone. is. she is trying to she's take over my She's on the plane life. and she's trying to take you down. <laughs> <laughs> so, my apologies for like
1: coming in and out. Um, I would probably say, I don't know. I'd be interested in the astral plane with Lezzelar. What's, what's going on in the astral plane? I think that's where I would want to go.
0: Do we have any, uh, sorry, go ahead. I said, I said that's that's a that's a good one. I think I think the Astral Plane's probably pretty wild and Leslar is at this point definitely wild. So you're yeah, gonna have a good definitely, time.
1: She's definitely insane at this point. <laughs> uh, do we have anybody in the chat making a
0: uh, Snapchat? It Looks like it's uh, so Rachel said I would talk to Zod if he was the version from Krypton. Um uh, it says Rog Vortex says the zone with Monel. Um Jen Tucker says the phantom zone time doesn't pass there. Right. So that's, I mean, that's I think good, it does pass. Right. But is it slower? Uh,
1: I don't, I don't think you age though. Like I think oh. time time is still happening, but like you're not aging. I think.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So you can kind of keep the youthful glow. Yeah. You, you. You,
1: you stay your same age.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a, uh, yeah, I would I would stick with the I would stick in the Phantom Zone. I think with Monel, I think we we'd have a good time.
1: All right, so our last snap judgment this is a big one. Okay, better villain, Lesolarr or Black Flame? What, so, what's
0: your choice here, Morgan? There are good arguments to be made for both because Lesolarr has a lot of really elaborate plans. That, but on the other hand, Black Flame is really overdramatic, which I like in my villains. Black Flame is like, <laughs> I'm I'm hiding out. And so I need this horse to go wild on a mountain. <laughs> and then I need to burn my name on it. No one can know I'm here. Black Flame. <laughs> uh, and, and also, I just like Black Flame being, uh, trying to like throw doubt into Supergirl's mind by being like, I'm your, you know, your great, 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 great granddaughter and I'm evil. And like that really messed up Supergirl, And she's, she just did it for the LOLs. Like she, <laughs> it wasn't real at all. <laughs> she's like made you look. Um, so I don't know. I think I almost want to go with black flame, but I, I, I just like that eyebrow of Leslie Lars. I think it's so evil. And, uh, and I, I just like that, that like, in the grand scheme of things, Les Laura has one major thing and it's consistently freaky fridaying Supergirl. And I like that she's stuck <laughs> to her evil she's plan. She's consistent. Yeah. She's consistent. She's always going to come at Supergirl with the same evil plan and it's like I'm taking your life. I'm taking your life. Freaky Friday. Um and so I I like that like she's found her niche and she's she, she doesn't have to do all that crazy stuff. She knows what she wants. <laughs> Well, and Black Flame and Lezalar both tried to
1: convince Supergirl they're related. Yeah, that's true. I think it's interesting. Yeah. It's that's uh, true. It's, a, it's a, a trick they both play on her. Uh, let's see. What are some thoughts in the chat? Looks like uh, Claudia says Black Flame. Uh, uh, I guess Rogue Vortex 58 says Lezalar. Kenny says Black Flame. Uh, Jen says,
0: Les Lalar. So we got a divided group here. <laughs> uh, it looks like, I think this is Claudia says, I'm all about super extra black flame. <laughs> she
1: is extra. She goes, uh, she goes a little too dramatic. I think she's,
0: she's really big. She is. She goes, she's going big. So Rebecca, which would you, which would you go for?
1: Oh, did I not answer? Uh, I don't think you did. I mean, Les Llar. I mean, Mm, yeah, she's she's like one of my favorite Supergirl villains. Black Flame she's a classic. Black Flame is just like the uh, like your 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 poor man's Leslar is, I think, what Black Flame is. She's got a she's got a cool name. She's got like the cool, you know, the the eye mask. So she's already got her. She the one thing she had on Leslar was she had the outfit a little earlier than Leslar did. Uh, But I I think she's just kind of your poor man's Leslar. So I'm going to go Leslar on that one. That's uh, that's pretty easy for me, because Lezalara is top tier Supergirl villain.
0: I also like the alliteration of Lezalara's name; it's just fun to say. Yeah, there's a lot of LLs in the Superman mythology, so there really are. uh, (laughs) That uh, that
1: LL should be a lot more famous, if you ask me. All right, well, we will uh, wrap up our snap judgments and get to some plugs. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right, can you hear the chirp? Yeah, it's so loud. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so annoying. Why did it wait until I had to live stream? I it's swear so I wasn't doing
0: it earlier today. I think it's been getting louder too because, like, <laughs> at some point, I was like, "Is is her? Is the battery in her smoke detector dying?" I hear like a little, like a light chirp, and it before it was kind of like, "I'm dying." I'm psst, I'm dying. And now it's like I'm dying.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> My
1: apologies to everyone. <laughs> Um, All right, so let's get into some Supergirl Radio and DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. You can find links to everything I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now, we throw it over to Amy from the Legends of Tomorrow podcast for the DC TV. TV plugs. Supergirl Radio is part of the DCTV Podcast Network, so if you're interested in The Flash, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, Titans, Girl, Green Lantern, Strange Adventures, and the upcoming Superman and Lois series, or DCTV Doctor Dark, make sure to follow DCTV Podcasts on social media and subscribe to the Podcast Mega feed if you want all those podcasts in one place. If you enjoy our Supergirl Radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DCTV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV podcast also has a T public store. So if you are in need of some new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows or stickers, go to superheroradio.com and click on the T public store link at the top of the page. And speaking of tea public, I, I thought we would talk about some villain designs that we have Ooh. in the store. So we've got some Lex Luthor. We've got a really cute brainiac. He's oh, so Brainy's ad- so cute. He's so adorable. So we got some Lex and Brainy and uh Bra- Brainiac. I shouldn't say brainy. Brainiac Brainy is Brainiac five. Brainiac is the villain. Uh we've got some Mixhes Pitalic. Uh, so if you need to know how to spell his name, it's all <laughs> there for you. And uh, we've also got a rain design. So if you want to get some villain uh t-shirt shirts or mugs or stickers we've got them in the DC
0: TV podcast uh t public store we got your villain merch don't worry we need to we need to find uh like a lesla lar like t public shirt now we need to put it out into the atmosphere put it out into the astral project it into the astral plane that we want a <laughs> lesla lar shirt <laughs> uh, that's probably not going to be there but we could we could design something. Ooh, can, I'm going to, I'm just going to hold my crystal tonight and think really hard about it and I'll put it out into the universe. <laughs> we, we will have to think of a, a, a good way to honor
1: Leselar and uh, maybe, maybe it's just, maybe it's just an eyebrow, <laughs> just an eyebrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only we'll, way you can tell them apart.
1: <laughs> we'll figure out a way to do a, uh, uh. Uh, villainous uh, Lesilar t-shirt design. All right, well, uh, Morgan, uh, we haven't thanked uh, some reviews in a while, so maybe uh, no, m- totally maybe we should. should
0: do that. So we'd like to thank Average Joe ninety one and Laura Ann on Apple Podcasts for their reviews. Thank you guys so much. For the lovely, uh, the lovely five star reviews that you left the podcast, I have to say it really does help us um, when people go into Apple and, and leave the reviews for the podcast. I know it helps in the ratings and like helps the podcast like show up for people in their feeds and and also we just like them. Uh, it's always <laughs> nice to get them. I'm not gonna lie, it's, it makes us feel really good. Just good for the old ego, you know. <laughs> So thank Uh, you and and definitely keep those, uh, keep those reviews coming. Um, If you, if you could, if you have the time, that'd be great. Yes.
1: Thank you. And please uh, continue to do that. And one thing I didn't put in the Google doc, which I'm a little upset with myself. uh, Oh, the DC TV podcast plugs. I forgot to (gasps) put that in the doc.
0: Oh no. (laughs) How
1: how will Mm. I do it?
0: uh we might have to wing it this time uh oh, so no. i'm gonna forget all of the podcasts <laughs> so <laughs>
1: morgan if you just want to summarize uh kind of what the plugs contest oh, sure, is about. yeah, yeah.
0: So, so we have a, a a contest for the dc tv podcast plugs you know the plugs that we have at the end of the episode and we just want you to record all the plugs and, and send it in and we'll send you out like a little um, a little gift to say thank you. And then your plugs will be at the end of the episode. What's important about this contest really is that your plugs will be at the end of the episode. And then I won't have to do them. So if you don't get your plugs in, I'm going to have to do it. And that's going to be hard for me personally. And so I'd really like you guys to come through For me, because there are just so many podcasts, there are so many shows and there are so many podcasts and it's tiring when you have to say them all, all the time in a row. It's like, oh, Black Lightning podcast, oh, Strange Adventures podcast. I don't want to have to say them over and over again. You know, I want to keep it fresh. I have to keep my instrument fresh. So (laughs) I want you guys (laughs) to come through and just and send in, uh, send in the plugs and you can do them however you want. Uh, you can get crazy with it or you could just read them regular uh, and send that into supergirlradio at gmail.com. You're going to want to get that in as a, I believe it's an MP4, MP3A. say 3A, I don't know. And a wave. Waves are always good.
1: Yes, uh, my internet is goofing up again. <laughs> I, I am blaming all of this disaster on Les Alar and the snow that we had in uh, my <laughs> my area today. So if, uh, if it looks weird on uh, the live stream, it's my apologies
0: uh, for that. <laughs> so um, I have to say, Rachel just in the chat said, Hey, Morgan, did you hear there might be another Constantine show on HBO Max? I did not hear that, Rachel. And it concerns me. Because that's one more podcast that's gonna get added to that list that I'm gonna have to read. That's one, that's the list gets longer. And also, we've had a Constantine show. And like now, do I have to rate the percentage that I'm gonna have that I'm gonna be willing to watch this show? Cause it's still at two percent. Is Matt Ryan in it? I'll watch <laughs> it. Know. Maybe, maybe I'll watch it if he's in it. Like a like a good version of of the show with him in it. I'd be interested in that. <laughs> Maybe so, so should Keanu we, Reeves? Ah <laughs> uh,
1: maybe Keanu Reeves. He he was in the, bring the, him back the film Constantine, uh the Constantine film. Should we read the list of the DC TV podcast I I pulled it up? Uh, if you want to participate in the plugs contest, you have till February 21st to submit them. Uh, it's uh, so here are the podcasts you have to mention: Super Earl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Batwoman Podcast, Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast, Star Podcast, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and DC TV After Dark. So those are all of the podcasts that you have to mention in your recording. So uh, I guess uh, we'll just uh, do our personal plugs and we'll get out of here so that I can do my duty and change <laughs> my smoke detectors. Why do they always start chirping like the worst hours? It's always either like 4 a.m. or 10 o'clock at night. That's usually uh, it's always, when they- it's
0: always the way it's it's always when you're it's usually when you're sleeping, though, yes, or about yes. to fall asleep. Like you're so tired and your like eyes are closing. and It's like chirp, chirp.
1: They're always like that. All right. So uh, if you want to check me out, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. That's where you can follow me there. I'm also on YouTube at youtube.com slash prod. I've been doing a lot of Snyder Cut stuff because uh, more of that is coming out since uh, the Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to be streaming on HBO Max on March 18th. Very, very excited. Uh, I have some trailer uh, videos up now, uh, a reaction video, and then an analysis video of kind of what I found. Because usually when I do the reaction, I miss a whole bunch of stuff, and then I have to go through it later and find out all the things that I missed, like four-armed cyborg in the nightmare sequence, which is
0: amazing. So uh, that is uh, what you can you find. You got my- up fast, because that trailer went up on Sunday.
1: It's Tuesday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I, reg- I was I was like I haven't watched the trailer. I'm just going to do it right now. So the good thing is I use Streamyard, to get them knocked out. So that's that's the benefit of that. When it works well, it's not working well for me tonight. But when it does work well, it's very <laughs> beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, i think that's all for me i also did a batman v superman dawn of justice ultimate edition audio commentary with andy be of the flash podcast you can watch that on the TV podcast youtube channel but he will also be releasing those episodes those commentaries on the flash podcast feed so if you're interested in that watch a three and a half hour movie with andy and me and just <laughs> get some popcorn get some candy and uh just settle in just so, sync, sync it up and it's like you're watching yeah, with friends. you're just watching it with us <laughs> why so, not <laughs> why not if you're gonna watch a movie you might as well watch it with a little audio, audio commentary <laughs> sure. so uh morgan uh
0: what are you up to what have you been up to Oh, sure. Not much. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojo Tastic. You can find my cats on Instagram at the lab cats. And you can find me as a co-host on the legends of tomorrow podcast, where we're going, we're planning on doing an episode about um, the HBO max show, Harley Quinn. Uh, I think we're recording that this week. And um, you can also find me on DC TV after dark, where we are recording an episode at some point in the future I promise (laughs) it seems likely it seems likely it's going to happen someday. (laughs) Uh, Morgan, do you have a, an HBO max uh, recommendation since we did that last? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. So recently I have been watching, uh, we have been watching a lot of impractical jokers, which is all on HBO max, which (gasps) is like hilarious. It's such a funny show. It's basically these four lifelong friends, uh, like, high school or something friends who just like basically dare each other to do ridiculous things like um you know dip a fry in somebody else's ketchup or say something strange to somebody in the grocery store and they have all the cameras and they they get and some of the people's reactions are so funny like just going along with them i've seen we were watching one the other day where they were like throwing things backwards over their heads and like catching it in the grocery store. And one of the guys threw a watermelon and it just completely like plopped onto the, <laughs> the grocery store floor and like explode it. And then they just kind of like tried to wander away. <laughs> that is such a good
1: show. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It always delivers on the laughs. So, so yeah, funny. totally recommend it. Uh, new Rachel uh, talks about the next team documentary on HBMX. I'm assuming you're referring to the Val. Uh, we've both already seen it. So, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. We, yeah we we're all over that. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the Vowel is excellent. So, if you so haven't watched it, yeah. uh, definitely. So, that's uh, our uh, HBO Max recommendations <laughs> for, the, for this week.
0: I like the idea that we're just going to slowly just go through <laughs> the HBO Max catalog, just recommending things. <laughs> Why not? While we're
1: here, let's just <laughs> recommend some things. All right. So, I guess that's uh, going to do it for this episode of supergirl radio thank you for putting up with uh uh, a bunch of live elements (laughs) that happened this week Uh, but that is to be expected when you are doing a live stream so uh that's going to do it for this episode of supergirl radio but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson i'm still morgan and thanks for joining us as we learned about supergirl's secret enemy
0: TV podcast. There's too many now. <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena yeah. Luthor's boardroom or ballroom because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat.